your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Danielle McCartney, Sports Radio, Sports fans, my name is Danielle McCartan. McCartan before midnight, and I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up on this uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning to 1 a.m. in New York City and beyond. So whatever you're doing at the moment, appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of the next four hours, whether that be in your car radio, streaming from WFN.com or that free Odyssey app. And of course, we're here in the Big Apple and Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Cartner Roberts studio, from the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. Go ahead, start dialing 877-337-6666. Taking your calls right here in the first segment, and I want you to get aboard as I have my eye, one eyeball on the TV here in the studio. <clears throat> the Knicks and the Clippers are tied at 115 in overtime at the Garden. I will keep an eye on that for you as best as I can. And the official... Pitchers and catchers countdown. Oh, baby, Yankees 12 days. Mets, even closer, 11. Now, here we are. Despite an exciting come-from-behind win tonight in Brooklyn, a tale of two halves. You know, the first half was oofa. Second half was a lot better. The Nets started playing defense. They started getting some rebounds. They started playing more physical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Tonight, instead... We're forced to talk about the ultimate narcissist, Kyrie Irving. He's forced us to talk about him and all of the negativity that he brings to this team yet again. And he wasn't even in a building tonight. I mean, I swear, the guy loves when he's being discussed. And 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 as I, you know, that word popped into my mind before, and I was like, disgust? Well, wait a minute, an Eminem song came to mind. You know the song, Without Me? Now, this looks like a good job for me, so everybody, just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty without me. I mean, this should be Kyrie Irving's theme song, right? And then, if you continue, and it says, sometimes the bleep just seems everybody only wants to discuss me, so this must mean I'm disgusting. You know what? It is disgusting. It's disgusting how this player, in his own mind, A, loves being discussed at any cost, and B, believes that he has earned a multi-year extension. Like, that's just not happening here. And it's, hate to break it to you, not happening anywhere. Anywhere with a good front office that has been paying attention to what's been going on throughout this guy's entire career, not just here in Brooklyn. I mean, Kyrie Irving has been nothing but a distraction since the minute he got here. And before then, but we'll focus on his time here. In his time as Brooklyn, listen to all of the non-basketball-related drama he brought. The first year, he was actively trying to recruit players not to play in the bubble. Then he was out seven games after pictures leaked of him online, maskless, at his sister's indoor birthday party with a large group of people during the height of the pandemic. And an NBA league investigation ensued. Then he missed 35 games for refusing to get vaccinated. His prerogative, I know. Then the Nets put their foot down. They took a steadfast public stand on the situation and then went back on it. Irving played as a part-time player, didn't become a full-time player until March of 2022. And then after all of this, the guy, Irving, chose 
to opt in to the final year of his deal this summer. He opted in. Only to tweet, what, October 20, whatever? Only to tweet the link to that anti-Semitic film. And he wouldn't apologize until he was suspended for eight games. And now he requested a trade because negotiations between his reps, I'm sure there's more than one of them, it's not just his, his stepmom, his team, and the Nets, the negotiations broke down. Tell me a team that is going to give this guy a long-term contract. Is there a team that is that desperate for a royal pain in the you-know-what? I mean, furthermore, how does this guy even believe he's actually earned it? His agent, stepmom, she told Bleacher Report last week that there had been no progress in securing a lucrative long-term extension in Brooklyn. Duh, duh. So Sir Irving is eligible to sign a two-year, $78.6 million extension with his new team until June 30th if traded. My question is, who's paying that? And in his four seasons in Brooklyn, including the playoffs, out of the 298 games he was, you know, around for, he's played in 157 of them. You know what that percentage works out to be? Kyrie Irving is the most part-time superstar player ever. He's only played in, here's a percentage, 52.7% of the games in his Brooklyn Nets career. I mean, come on. And how dumb is Kyrie Irving? I mean, well, do, do we answer that? I mean, look at the teams that have reportedly been, been interested in him. Then, then look at the standings. There's only like five teams with better records than the Brooklyn Nets at, at the moment, right? And, and, and none? None of those teams are even rumored to be interested. So where does he think he's going? The grass isn't always greener. Oh, and tonight he was conveniently out with a calf injury. as Out of the game, out of the building, he wasn't even there. And I know he's been out twice so far this season with this calf injury. And I never want to minimize or question a professional athlete's injury. But the timing on this calf is impeccable. I mean, if you actually believe that Kyrie Irving is battling a calf injury, I've got a brand new state-of-the-art Wi-Fi-controlled bridge to sell you in Las Vegas. I mean, the Nets haven't had a game since they got smacked in Boston on Wednesday. It's Saturday. And his calf is bothering him? How many days ago was that? I mean, come on. And, and, And... by the way, the, the Clippers opened up a five-point lead on the Knicks at the Garden right now with about 2.20 left to go in the game in, in the overtime period. And, and Kyrie Irving's name was announced during the pregame tonight at Barclays Center. Videos flashed of him on the big board, and the fans booed. So this might be the point of no return for the Nets. Woj tweeted as a buzzer sounded tonight. He said, Quote, the Nets are proceeding in talks as though they're determined to find a deal for Irving ahead of Tuesday's trade deadline, sources said. Well, the Nets should proceed with Irving differently than how they proceeded with Kevin Durant's uh, demand to be traded. Because as long as Durant is on this team, they've got a th- they've, they've got a threat to make a deep run in the playoffs and, dare I say, win it all. But the supporting cast around him will determine how far they get. But... Kyrie Irving's antics, they're holding this team back. I mean, you'd have to imagine that 
the trade package for a guy who's trying to force his way out is not going to be great. And the difference with what the Nets did when when Durant tried to force his way out this summer is this. After this season, Kevin Durant has three more years on his contract. Like, after this season ends. Kyrie Irving, on the other hand, he's a free agent at the end of the season. So the question is, would you rather get something back for him? Or take your chances on, on winning a championship this year and letting him walk? That's what it boils down to. And me, I'm picking the best offer for him that I can get from the Lakers, from the Mavericks, from the Suns, or now the Clippers are in on it. And in those packages, I'm looking for a draft haul and players that would make a difference right now on this team. Because while I have Kevin Durant, this team is still a threat. And of course, LeBron James, GM James, he tweeted at 4.56 p.m. yesterday. He put the, the watching eyes emoji and the crown emoji. And I'm like, really? And then Kyle Kuzma responded with, tamper. I mean, if, 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 if Kyrie Irving was not such a wild card, such a, a flight risk, so to speak, I'd keep him. And I'd ride it out with him throughout the rest of the season. Say, tough, you want to be traded? You can't always get what you want on. And the problem is, he's played in only 52.7% of the games in his Nets career, and that's a problem. And there is no guarantee that if you retain him beyond the trade deadline, there's no guarantee that he'll play in another single game for this team if he doesn't get what he wants. That's the issue. And that is why I'm dumping him. I mean, what more do him and Kevin Durant want? The two of them teamed up to play in Brooklyn. They fired Coach Atkinson, who was doing a fine job in building something out there. They traded Jared Allen and the rest of the farm, rest of the team, to bring in number three of the big three, James Harden. Steve Nash got fired. They brought him in and he fired him. I mean, how fast it came crashing down. Faster than the Roman Empire. And remember when so many people around here were celebrating when the Nets dumped James Harden for a guy who can barely stay on the floor? A guy who has played in just 37 games over a season and a half for the Nets? I mean, come on with that. James Harden was the smartest out of them all. He foresaw the BS going down, and he jumped ship. Good for him, you know? And and you know what? That is going to go down as the biggest bust in NBA history ever. I mean, what a joke. You know what? The New York Liberty are going to win a championship in that building, in the Barkley Center, before the Nets do. You know, forget forget a big three. They just formed their own super team this week with the help of Kevin Durant in recruiting one of the biggest fish out there, free agent fish. I mean, right now, that team is Sabrina Ionescu, John Quell Jones, Courtney Vandersloot, and like I said, the biggest fish of them all, Brianna Stewart, who said, oh, you love it. She said, I'm built for these moments. I wanted to go to the biggest market in all the sports. Well, you know what? Welcome. And I'm telling you, the Liberty are going to win a championship in that building before the Nets do. So as far as Kyrie Irving, dump him. Dump him for the best package you can get. Because, as, like I said, as long as Kevin Durant is on this team, they're a threat to win it.
And I just got, I'm just quick score update here. We got about a minute left at the Garden. The Knicks are still down, and now they're down six to the Clippers. Let's throw a break. I'm going to come right back. I'll probably give you an update on the end of this game at the Garden. We'll take your calls, 877-337-6666. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. That's Kyrie Irving. That, you know what? Forget about without me. That is Kyrie Irving's theme song. He's the problem. And the latest stunt, you know what? He definitely didn't even communicate it to the team. My name, my name, by the way, is Daniel McCartney. Get aboard 877-337-6666. Join the conversation. You know, Nick Claxton said he found out in the group chat after waking up for a nap. Camp Thomas, he said in a post game, he was like, the internet. I mean, come on. You know what? Besides all of it, let me tell you something. Jock Vaughn is doing a fantastic job in his first ever go-around as a head coach, which with, with, with piloting this, this turbulent ride. You know, he's never been a head coach before. This is the first go-around, and he has handled this. Latest circus act from the head clown, Kyrie Irving. It's, it's just been an admirable way, and for, for three reasons. Number one, I love how he took the time to talk to every single player face-to-face on that roster individually, including Irving. More on that in a minute, but Vaughn said, as a quote, he said, I said to them, we're not going to make this weird. We're here to play. We're here to do a job. Show up and do your job. I've said, you've done the first step of this thing. Let's do the work and let's get a win tonight. And guess what? In that second half, the Nets kicked it into high gear. They started playing great defense and they took their first lead of the game with about six minutes left to play. I mean, they were losing by 23 at one point in the first half, and they ended up winning the game. And number two, he's treating this as like a day-to-day thing. He's not speculating, especially to the media or and or the fans, uh, of a return date for this guy, this unreliable guy. That would cause just a pressure-filled environment, an even more toxic environment than what's already there. And number three, here is what Jacques Vaughn said. This is before the game tonight. Uh, He was asked if he feels that Kyrie Irving is letting the Nets down. Uh, Do you feel like he's letting the team down? Uh, I'm not going to speculate what they think. Um, What do you think? uh, I think you, you have responsibility as a basketball player, like I do as a coach. I show up. I do my job every single day. Uh, that's what I signed up for, uh, and that's my expectations for uh, 1 through 17. Yeah, that audio, courtesy of SNY, you know, read between the lines. Even he's fed up. But Coach Jacques Vaughn has done a tremendous job. As I look to the TV on my way to the call screener here, we've got uh, the Clippers 130, Knicks 125, with 21.6 remaining in overtime. So I'll keep you posted on that. But in the meantime, we'll hit the hit the phone lines here. 877-337-6666 in the order that you called. D-Rock in Brooklyn, you're kicking us off tonight. Danielle, nice to speak with you again. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I, I, had, <laughs> I was tempted to go to this game tonight. <laughs> uh, could have brought the entire family with me, but there was this place in Bushwick that I wanted to try. Uh, Bullbap Grill, the best burger I've ever had, and I had to have it again. So great! I was able to catch the game on my app. I'm very proud of my Nets. Uh, who needs Kyrie Irving was the first thought that came to mind because mm-hmm. he's got Cam Thomas. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, 
Seth Curry went down with an injury, and uh, hopefully he'll be back uh, by Monday. But let me start with Kyrie, if I may. Sure. You know, Maya Angelou uh, is, uh, famously said, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Mm. And you know the history of Kyrie Irving. He left LeBron, mm-hmm. championship quality team or caliber team. He left Boston in shambles, and look what he's about to do to us again. Yep. Fortunately for us, though, we still have Kevin Durant under contract. And Kevin Durant has proven that if you put some talent around him, he can at least keep the ship afloat. Yep. So what I want to see from this team is if we can trade Irvin, and you mentioned the Clippers now, uh, that, so that would make four teams that's at least interested in yep. his services. Hopefully the Nets can get back at least the center, somebody that can deal with the likes of a big and Joel Embiid and the front court of the Boston Celtics and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. I think if you get somebody that can fill that role, you can still play big with Claxton and Durant in the front court. Maybe you bring Ben Simmons off the bench now, let him play that point forward role because is he gonna play uh, he's up? not right. Where is he? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> he was in street clothes tonight. He was in street clothes, but I like Jack Vaughn. And, that, and I, I didn't hear that quote until just now you played. Yeah. But Jack Vaughn seems to hold these guys accountable yep. to the point where you want to play for him. Like, I, I hear that quote and I'm like, damn, man. Like, you, you, we couldn't ask for anything more. Right. With what we got from this coach, right. so agreed. Hopefully he, hopefully he figures it out, and hopefully Sean Marks figures it out. But I'm ready for Kyrie to go. I'm glad that the fans booed him. Uh, that was the reason why I was tempted to go tonight because I wanted my voice to be heard tonight. Well, but it, he wasn't like even there. Say. They they booed the video board. Him on oh, the, yes, video the video board. board. Yeah, and you know he and he deserves it. You know, a lot of us, including me, you know, we were happy that. Him and Durant came here, but we yeah. wanted Durant. We had to tolerate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's unfortunate for Kevin Durant that the guy that he chose to come here and play with is about to leave him high and dry. Yeah, I know. that That is the ultimate. Isn't that the ultimate? Like, come on. Yeah, Like, definitely. Yeah, I don't know, man. You could pick your friends and... I don't know. I, 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 you know what? A little bit... And thanks for the call there, D-Rock. On, on Kevin Durant, I mean... Like like you said, the Maya Angelou quote. I mean, he knew what he was getting himself into. Did he think it was going to be any different this time around? I mean, come on. Ryan in Terrytown, you're up here next here on The Fan. Thanks for taking my call, Danielle. Thanks for making it. I, Brooklyn's just showing what Brooklyn's all about. Run him out of town and push him over the edge of the earth, right? And then, you know, the saying. Because <laughs> it's flat. I get it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> saying, um, no, the saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Shame on me. Yep. So, it's, you know, Brooklyn's got to take some responsibility with this as well. Um, but now, is this set a new precedent? I mean, is he a breach of contract? Can they sue him? Or is this set a new precedent that players could be like, oh, what happens if it's like game seven of the uh, the finals? And he's like, you know, extend me. I'm not playing tonight. Like, what's going on here? Well, tonight it was just uh, my calf hurts is what he said. And it was uh, Jacques Vaughn after the game said it was an excused absence. From, you know, from from the team tonight. So, uh, as far as suing him, probably not. I mean, if if it's an injury, like right, he's not sitting out because of a contract. He's sitting out because of an injury. That's the uh, difference. That could, that could be, uh, you know, they could find that it's not true. But what happened? Like, what stops a player from from uh, holding leverage in the finals or something like that? This is it's a new precedent. I'm, I'm saying, out of all due respect. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean. I mean, if you're a player doing it in the finals, I mean, what are you trying to gain if you're doing that? 
Anyway. It's just holding, holding the team hostage, holding the NBA hostage, holding the fans hostage. I mean, it's not right, but if you found the hole, you know, I give them a little, a little something, but, you know, run them out of town. This is Brooklyn. Go off the edge of the earth. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, that is in reference to, and thanks for the call there, Ryan, that is in reference to Kyrie Irving declaring that the world, in fact, is flat. Yeah, remember that? Should have known then. You should have known then. I will go to a quick break. I've got a, uh, who's who's in for the updates tonight? Oh, Jack Stern, that's right. So we got a quick break, a Jack Stern update, I'm back with you at the top of the 10 o'clock hour here on The Fan. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. And if you don't know, now you know. I'm Daniel McCartan, and if you don't know, Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback ever to do it, is hanging him up for real this time. Uh, here's just a few seconds of his announcement that he posted to Twitter and has, like, as I checked, like 25 million views. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super... Emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so. Yeah, so he got, after that, emotional towards the end. You could just really hear it in his voice. And, you know, a guy that played just one more disappointing season, he blew up his entire family to do it. Giselle left him. He's splitting time with her for his kids. And obviously, you know, it's obviously a sad thing in anyone's life to to close one door and have to open another. But for some reason, I don't feel too bad for Tom Brady and his 10-year, $375 million deal with Fox. I mean, I actually feel bad for Greg Olson, who has done a fantastic job with Kevin Burkhart. Two Jersey guys, too, you know? So what will happen to Olson next season? I don't know, probably bumped so Brady could take his job with no experience in the field. Yeah, yeah, I know how that feels. But it's, it's the end of an era, really, for, like, all of the quarterbacks of my childhood and Brady tortured me for 20 years, like my entire childhood. But um, I really did like Tampa Tom a lot better than New England Tom. And did you hear Robert Kraft was on TV on Thursday, Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon, saying that he would do anything in his power to sign Brady to a one-day deal for him to retire as a Patriot. I mean, Brady probably should. He probably will. I mean, right? But... I, I just immediately thought back to like Peyton Manning, right? So everybody, Peyton Manning, retire Colt, right? But Peyton Manning was the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. Obviously, the Broncos, and then earlier than that, the Colts. And everybody's like, all right, the Colts drafted him, won a Super Bowl with them. That's how he's going to retire with it. And, um, and, and Peyton Manning said he thought hard and gave serious consideration to signing a one-day contract with the Colts. Um, the team obviously drafted him, but he ended up retiring to Bronco. So... And by the way, Peyton was the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. Brady is the second. So we'll see what he does. And I was thinking of, of you know, like that's, that's a good trivia question. Um, you know, what when Mike Francesa used to do his uh, Super Bowl trivia and start the music and then ask the questions, what are you, a Giant fan? Yes, Giant fan. Because then you get the easiest questions like, you know, uh, you know, who, whatever, what, which 
coach was the quarterback, coach of the the, the Super Bowl forty two Giants. Okay, Tom Coughlin. Next question. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, the good old days, you know. But uh, Alex Schiffer from the Athletic is supposed to be checking in with us just to give us the latest. He's he's still in Brooklyn. He's finishing up on some deadlines. So I don't know if we're still up for ten twenty with him or ten forty, but he'll check in. Very soon about that. I did text him on the break. I got a tweet as well on the break from uh, Joe Sinclair. He said, do you think the Kyrie contract proposal will be the future of how NBA contracts are are written to limit, quote unquote, load management? And and I think it's a good thought. I mean, this load management thing is, a, I think it's a bunch of, you know what, but I wrote back to him, and you can tweet me. If you can't call, you can tweet, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Um, I, I wrote back, like, no, I don't think so, because I, I think that needs to be addressed. This this load management epidemic in, in, in this league has to be addressed at, at, at a league level, not on, like, a player-by-player basis, you know, agent-by-agent, team-by-team basis, because it's just not possible. You know, I think the league has to come out and, and say something. And, and I saw something... Richard Jefferson, I don't know, was it last week, a couple days ago? I, it's been a busy week at school, the end of the market period, the whole thing. But um, I saw a video of Richard Jefferson. I forget on which show, but he was on TV. And he was talking about how, like, you know, they didn't have a lot of money growing up. And his dad, they, they, they had enough money for one ticket. The dad sent him into, into whatever arena it was. And the dad didn't even go in with him. You know, he wanted to see his favorite player play. And... Was it that night or a couple nights later? LeBron James was here in town and not playing. So, you know, it's – um, and I get it from a player perspective, right? Because you're trying to elongate your career. You're trying to, you know, as many contracts as possible you're trying to get for yourself. I get it. I get it. But at what point is it like, okay, this is, this is ridiculous. So, um, Joe, it's a good thought. I just don't think it's going to be done – like I said, contract by contract, starting with Irving. It's just not going to get done. Um, Matt Fasulo, he says, uh, Danielle, didn't want to waste your caller's time with this. I interned with the New Jersey Nets while at Rampo and hated it, especially since they tried to desperately turn Knicks fans in their move to BK. I just met L- Latrell Sprewell at a work function last week and let him know this. <laughs> huh. And then he said, I also love how the, the team is done taking his you-know-what and it reminds me of the Jets locker room. Uh, Jets locker room and, and, and turning against Wilson, I, I assume that is. Uh, and that was, I, I think it's different. I mean, Wilson is not a toxic guy in the in the same sense that, that Kyrie Irving is. You know, so Kyrie Irving has had that MO from way, well before he was a Brooklyn Net. And they should have known. And maybe they did, and they ignored it. And it's like I was telling Paul before. It's like, you know, it's like that that bad boy, you know, boyfriend that you think you could turn and change and fix. And that's who the Nets thought, you know, that's what they thought they could be. And then Kyrie Irving, of course, you can't change him. There's no changing him. It's a t- it's tough to change Kyrie. And I I just don't like you were mentioning in your open how like you'd want the Nets to get the biggest return possible. There's not going to be a big return. Like, they're they're not getting young stars. No team is moving future assets for them. You're going to get dead contracts, contract expiring deal for expiring deal. It's going to be, you know, 
Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving. It's going to be Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving. It's going to be, if it's the Mavericks, you know, Tim Hardaway for Kyrie Irving. That's what it's going to end up being. So it's just a question of can you convince a team? Well, does the team want Kyrie Irving? Does the team want that asset? And then you have to figure out what you can get for the asset. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, by him forcing his way out and declaring to the, the league, like, I, I want to be out of here. I mean, the grass isn't always greener, you know? And as long as you've got somebody with some level of talent, Kevin Durant elevates everybody on the floor. Right. That's, although I would say that, uh, I don't want to defend Kyrie here, but this isn't the first time a player has requested a trade. From a team. Right. So this is this has happened before. From the Nets. It happened in the summertime. It's happened three times in the past year for the yes. Nets. With yes. Harden, KD, and... but this, So this isn't the yes. first time. The big on, three. On the, Kyrie, on the Kyrie weirdness spectrum, this isn't actually, you know, weird. Or odd. This is pretty standard and common from an NBA perspective. This isn't, you know, no vaccine. This isn't going to a party during COVID. This isn't getting players to do this. This isn't anti-Semitic stuff. This is just, hey, I, w- I want to trade. I'm letting you guys know I'm not going to resign here. You should try to move me to get some assets. That's in theory, w- which for him, again, it's not awful for Kyrie. Let's be fair. It's not awful. He's he's done worse things than ask for a trade. I mean, how about bailing on a team with, with championship aspirations? I mean, that's... I think that's... it's... Cl- I, I, I don't think the Nets are going to... I don't know. I, I think it's... It depends on what your definition of how far they can go. I mean, they're not going to beat the Celtics. They're not going to beat the Bucks. Yeah. So if Kyrie knows that, he's like, I know we're not going to do that. So I'm I know bail. that KD maybe is a little bit more hurt than the team's letting on. I was going to ask Alex Schiffer that. Right. Yes. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. But with Kyrie, maybe because he know the guys from a basketball perspective is really smart. And obviously, and let's. Let's not even talk about how talented the guy is because he's one of the most talented players in the history of the league. But he's wh- that good. At what point does talent trump all of the drama that he brings and the baggage and the negativity? Oh, it's, and he's the tarnishing circus. He's and tarnishing it. his legacy. Yeah, he's tarnishing his legacy. I, and I said, I said that um, when I was on the air a few hours ago. But yes, he's tar- he's tarnishing his legacy, and this is this is it, which is awful because he's so damn good at what he does. He is such a good like basketball player, yeah. And he just can't. He almost went six months because he didn't. He was after the anti-Semitism situation. He didn't say a word. Yeah. He didn't go. It was great. It was him playing ball and playing really well and essentially carrying the Nets when Durant's hurt. And us talking about Nets basketball on the radio. I would. I would say that is. I don't know how. In the, I don't know how much Nets we've talked before than in the last, like, 36 hours. Since, well, since, I, since, so this is a story. I mean, we talked Nets here. We talked about how, how they were doing great. And how, no, but I don't – but when you're, it's the Nets, they get way more context than play when Kyrie does something weird or when KD well, asks for a trade. So that's, so that's the point. It's a clown point. show. Yeah. yeah. It's a clown show, of course. Yeah, so – I mean, listen, if you're the Nets, I mean, so for me, the guy's, the guy's like a flight risk, right? Not, not in the literal sense, but say the Nets don't trade him. How does anybody know that that, that calf injury, air quotes there, that calf injury isn't going to linger for the rest of the season? And the Nets end up getting nothing for him because he leaves in free agency. 
They might. I mean, they might as well get something back now. Because if you try to force him to stay, he's it's it's not the same as Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had, had has three more years on his deal after this one. That's a different scenario than a guy as he was just on an expiring contract. It's a different scenario because if if he doesn't play another game, whether he's you know for the Nets, whether he's on the team or not, that that's bad. That that's a, the worst case scenario. If you don't trade him, his his calf bothers him every day from now until he hits free agency. Then it's miraculously healed. That's a problem. And Alex Schiffer just checked in. We are good for ten twenty. Good. Okay, so uh, we go to Monmouth County, New Jersey. To Mark. Mark, you're up on the fan. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for making it. I don't care if Kyrie Irving's calf is hurt until kingdom come. Mm-hmm. If I was the Nets, I would not play him. I would sit him on the bench. No trade. You can sit out. Whatever happens, happens. Because any sort of dignity or respect that the Nets want to keep as a franchise to their fans, they should sit this guy down. This guy is such a problem. For a guy that, honestly, I mean, I'm sorry. I get it. You guys love, like, you know, we get, we get caught up in what players do really well. Like, Steph Curry shoots threes like nobody else. Yeah. Kyrie Irving obviously can handle the ball better than almost anyone or maybe anyone has ever ever been able to do. But, honestly, what else does he, you know, his ball hand, okay, like, he's a very good player. I mean, is he a great player? I mean, I think in a small sample size, when he won the NBA Finals, that was his ceiling. And since then, he has not reached that ceiling because how many times has he been to an NBA championship and how many NBA championships does he have? Yeah. And and how many is it with somebody else as, as not the number one guy? Yeah. Exactly. I, I, and, and what's going on is go what's ahead. going on is adding on to that, sorry, adding on to that is you it's not even just Kyrie Irving. The NBA is the worst because as someone who sees kids at a young age playing basketball, mm-hmm. when they see him do what he's doing, I'm gonna sit out. Or even yeah. LeBron, even though I'm I, I love LeBron, complaining about a foul call. Okay, yeah. he didn't get the foul call. I get it. Or Patrick Beverly pulling a camera from a photographer or whoever and showing the ref that he missed the call. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is where it starts. Yep. Instead of where you get selfless players that, isn't it funny, they win titles, guys like a Clay Thompson yep. who are, listen, I play my role, I do what I do, I'm all for the team. Isn't it funny how those guys are in and win championships and those guys struggle to even do anything at all? Yeah, uh, it's it's it doesn't it's not lost on me. Uh, you know, basketball is not an individual sport. The last I checked, it's it's a team sport. That's right. That's right. Yes, it is. Yeah, and, and, and need a team to win. And I I, I know in the win in this game. Yeah, in the pregame they were like, all right, you know, I was watching on the S Network and they were like, okay, you know, Durant's out and you've got uh, obviously Irving out for tonight. Which guy is going to step up and be that scorer? Talk about team mentality. Cam Thomas off the bench, 44 points tonight? I mean, come on. Listen, the Nets were running really well before all this Durant, Kyrie, Harden thing. They were running really well with that, that young group when they had Dimwitty yeah. and LeVert and all those guys. Yep. That's when the Nets 
were really the Nets, and I feel like the Nets were really passionate because they believed in what they had. They don't have that anymore. They tried to patch it up with these big-name guys. They did that back then with KG and Pierce and stuff, and yep. it backfired and it set them back. Yep. And then they got exactly to that spot again, and now they're even in a bigger hole because, I mean, they're just Kyrie Irving, like I said, I mean, as, as talented as he is, and he is, he also is a small game sample size. You know, he was good for those finals. Other than that, where's Kyrie really had his shining moment in a postseason? Yeah, right. And, and thanks for the call there, Mark. He had a great 20-game stretch before all this nonsense started. And, that, and that's probably what he's trying to use as leverage. Like, look, look how good I've been playing. Now give me a contract. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. And uh, we've got Alex Schiffer from uh, the Athletic NYC and the Athletic NBA checking in momentarily right here with me, Danielle McCartan, here on The Fan. Baseline underneath, bank shot. No, Ewing slams in the photo. And the Knicks go up by one with 26 seconds remaining. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The buzzer sounds, and the New York Knickerbockers are going back to the NBA Finals. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartney. On the hotline, we've got Brooklyn Nets writer for the Athletic NYC and at the Athletic NBA. And uh, Alex, Alex Schiffer, thanks for making the time for us tonight. No problem, Danielle. Always good talking to you. All right. I know you've had a, a long day, and, and of course, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, and Alex, it's never a dull moment when Kyrie Irving is around, and you've been there in Brooklyn all night. What's the latest? Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much to report. He wasn't in the building today. He had an excused absence, as Jacques Vaughn put it, mm-hmm. with calf soreness. You know, make of that what you will. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, there's my, my colleague, our Clippers writer, Law Murray's reporting the Clippers have engaged. Yep. And, uh, yeah, meanwhile, trade r- rumors are swirling. The Nets found a way to come from 23 down to beat the Wizards tonight. So, a lot happening. Yeah, and lost in, in all of this, right? We're, we're talking about the negativity that this guy brings, and lost in all that is is a fantastic win by this team tonight. Gritty win, come from behind win, uh, and and a great game from Cam Thomas. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. No one knows what's going to happen between now and Thursday. Who's here? Who's not? Mm-hmm. Is it a, a rebuild, a retool? Um, you know, one trade, a lot of trades. You know, if, if, if it leans toward the direction of total rebuild, I think he made a strong case to stick around, given he did a little bit of it all. And, uh, I mean, he had the best game of his, his NBA career to me. I haven't seen him just playing just about all of them. So, very interested to see where these trade talks take the Nets, given that, you know, they don't have a lot of young guys with draft picks. And he... He looked damn good tonight for, as one of them. Yeah, you know, Woj also reported, he said, I'm told that the trade request surprised everyone in Brooklyn, including Kevin Durant. Why do you think that is? I mean, it's, you don't really see a guy make a trade request like this at this point in the season, especially when he's playing well mm-hmm. and over his contract situation, which you could argue had Kyrie not made the request and kept playing at the level he had, he might have had a better market waiting for him than what he just pulled the other day. So I, I think this was something he wasn't exactly discussing amongst his teammates, and it, it seemed to catch a lot of people off guard. And, again, his, his reasoning, you, you know, Kawhi Leonard requested a trade when he was unhappy with the way the organization was going, um, with the way the Spurs handled his injury and whatnot. You know, there was none of those usual suspect type of, of reasons 
when when this came up. So I, I think that and also the lack of a heads up were, are, are plenty for, for the Nets to be surprised by. And, I mean, the last I saw, you, I mean, you were there, but there's still no list of, of preferred teams from him. And as I was saying before, the grass is not always greener. The lack of a list, is that an indication that he doesn't actually want to move? It's a good question. You know, um, there's obviously the long flirtation with the Lakers that started last summer. You know, he said it's his preference to stay in Brooklyn, and the Nets can obviously call his bluff on that. But I, I just think that, you know, his list doesn't really matter at this point. If the Nets are going to move on, which it appears they're trending that direction, I mean, they need to get the best offer they can for him. You know, it's probably not, you know, there's the Bill Simmons saying four quarters is equal to a dollar in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're probably looking at, you know, two quarters, maybe you throw a dime in there at best, given the, you know, all the controversy he's been in recent years. So, you know, I don't, if I'm the Nets, I mean, you obviously want to send him a place that, that he's going to report to and play. But I think they're look, they need to look at best, you know, best total package. And, you know, if it happens to fit his list of preferred teams, whatever that may be, great. If not, you know, who knows where this goes. Yeah. Brooklyn Nets beat reporter for The Athletic, Alex Schiffer, joins us live here on The Fan. Um, so Mavericks, Lakers, Suns, now the Clippers. Um, who can offer the best package? And, w- and what do you think they're looking for in return? It's a good question, you know. The Lakers, I just can't see happening from an asset perspective. Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons are essentially the same player. Russell Westbrook's at $47.5 million. He doesn't really make the Nets better. And after him, there's really just, from a money perspective and, and talent perspective, there's really not much afterwards. Um, the Suns are very intriguing to me because, you know, you have Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. I mean, those two would already work in a trade. Maybe there's some pick swaps, too, and whatnot. There's picks thrown in. You know, Jay Crowder is a winner. I'm a huge fan of him. Wherever he goes, he wins and makes big plays in the playoffs. Chris Paul is a much steadier presence at point guard. And, you know, I feel like the scoring between the two of them could be enough to replace Kyrie, and that that keeps the Nets in contention. Right. Um, And, you know, you look at Dallas, I mean, and the Clippers. The Clippers have depth. They have a lot of, you know, Terrence Mann's a good young player. But, you know, what what does that look like? I, I just don't know who the Clippers have that make a ton of sense in terms of a package. And you know, the, the, the other thing I wonder about with the Lakers and the Mavericks, the Lakers have former Nets assistant Jordan Knott, among others there, mm-hmm. some other people in their front office and, and business departments who work for the Nets, and the Mavericks have Spencer Dinwiddie, Theo Pinson, and two members of their front office, including Matt Riccardi, who were with the Nets for a while. They have plenty of people internally to do their homework with um, on how this could go and, and their own experiences dealing with Kyrie. That being said, LeBron and Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic and people like that have a louder voice than they do. But I, I, given the amount of risk with this, I have a hard time believing that their voices are just going to be cast aside in all this, which is why Phoenix to me makes the most sense as a, as a partner, because they don't have those internal people to maybe talk them out of it. They have a new owner coming in, which is kind of a bit of an unknown factor. And again, they have the ability, you know, it kind of be swapping a headache for another Jay Crowder doesn't want to go, uh, doesn't want to, has had an issue with the Suns all year over his contract. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, the same thing. They swap places. Chris Paul, he's the one I kind of wonder about, given his relationship with Monty Williams and his family's based on the West Coast. He'd be coming across the country. Mm-hmm. So th- there, is some, there is some issues there, but from an asset perspective, you know, it, it does make sense. Hmm. The Suns. All right, so sometimes teams come out of left field. You know, there's there's a lot of days between now and Thursday. So is there a dark horse team that people should be watching out for? It's 
it's tough to say, you know, I mean, I think so many of the other teams, you, you look at first off who needs a point guard, you know, um, you know, Denver's got it rolling. They don't need anybody, in my opinion. They're, they're doing just fine. I mean, you know, our own John Hollinger, New Jersey's own, um, kind of whittled the list down to nine teams, and he's got the Pelicans in there, the Hawks, the Bulls, the Heat. You know, we mentioned the Mavericks and the Suns and the Clippers. The Raptors I wonder a little bit about. Is there a way to get Fred Van Vliet to Brooklyn? But, you know, he's another one they'd have to pay. Um, and, I, you know, the Hawks have their own headaches right now. It's Trey Young. I don't – they have enough going on where I just can't really see that. So I, I think the market kind of is what it is, and it, it's already bigger than I might have expected. So I just don't really see um, – you know, maybe there's another team that comes out of left field, but if it is, it would surprise me because I just don't know who else is left that makes sense. Nets writer Alex Schiffer joins us live on The Fan. And I, I know when, when Irving wanted to be traded from Cleveland and one of the teams on his list was Minnesota, the coach there was Tom Thibodeau. What about the Knicks? I just can't see the Nets trading him across town. I'm sure Kyrie wouldn't mind it given that the, uh, you know, he's local and obviously this would keep him local with yeah. his family. Mm-hmm. But um, I just can't, you know, the Nets and Knicks dynamic to me is interesting. You know, having grown up in the area, I don't look at them as rivals. I just kind of look at them as neighbors, that contentious neighbors maybe is the way I'd put it. But I also think that, you know, you don't really see them do business with each other. There is some kind of acknowledgments there. I, I would just be stunned. And, you know, the Knicks have enough stuff going on. They're in, they're in the playoff mix. You know, they, they seem to have a decent core there. I, I just can't imagine them signing up for him. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if they have any Nets alumni or anything. But, you know, they've had a front row seat to all of this, given, how, given the proximity of the two organizations, right? So I, I would just be floored if he wound up with the Knicks. Is there an avenue that a new deal could be hammered out in Brooklyn after all of this? Maybe it's just a bunch of posturing, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they could call this bluff, but I don't think it's tra- trending that direction. It's just like there's always one thing after another. What if they what if they do that or they try to return to the table and then something else comes up? You know, I think, you know, if you've gotten away with so much here, I feel like this is just one, you know, this might have been the one that, that finally had them decide, all right, you want out, we're going to grant it. So... I just don't really see that. And, again, like, I think the way he was playing, you know, he, was, he just got into an all-star starter. Right. I think his best play for a contract was going to be him continuing to play this way going into the postseason. Maybe they surprise a couple teams, surprise you know, some of us, and, and win a playoff round or two. You know, we'll see. It's too crowded right now to, see, to project that with all the roster uncertainty. But, you know, I always kind of looked at this as a – you know, as that Jacob DeGrom situation where the Mets wanted to offer him three years, he he wanted the full five and he went elsewhere to get it. Right. I always kind of thought if I were the, Met, the Nets, I would go in the two- to three-year range max, and he's obviously going to want the full four. So, I, I mean, I, always, I, I don't think that this does anything to change their posture on it, and I think it's gotten more teams probably to agree with them. I mean, I, I think wherever he goes, you know, I think the Lakers make the most sense because if they can get him – him, AD, and LeBron in the playoffs is a hell of a trio in a wide open West. Right. If they win the whole thing, maybe they just give him the money because they got, you know, LeBron gets his fifth ring. You know, who cares about the rest of it at that point? But I, I think it would take wherever he goes a, a deep playoff run, if not winning the whole thing, to get him paid. Because after that, you know, for a lot of those teams, it's gravy. Hear me out. And, and maybe it's the conspiracy theorist in me, but that conspiracy theorist is going to ask you was maybe. Kyrie Irving 
inform that Durant is going to be out longer than expected, and that's why he wants to bail? Is that a possibility at all? I don't think so. You know, Kevin's talked a lot about coming back before the All-Star break. Okay. Um, I don't I don't think that at all. I think Kyrie, if anything, would have thought, um, you know, I've, I've done a good job holding down the fort without Kevin. I've shown enough to get a new contract. And then that said, yeah, that doesn't erase a lot of this. Right. I, I think it went more like that than anything to do with Kevin. Again, Kevin was surprised about all this. I feel like right. he'd, be, he'd have been less surprised if that were the case. So I, I'm going to knock down your conspiracy theory, my friend. <laughs> uh, Alex Schiffer joins us on the fan. Two left here, Alex. Um, first one is, will Kyrie Irving be a Brooklyn Net Thursday at 3.01 p.m.? I got answers at the beginning of the day, and I said yes, and now I'm leaning more toward no. I, mm. think, that there, I think that there's enough offers and substantial of offers to where this is it. I, I think he's played his last game here, is my opinion. Let me write that down. This is it. <laughs> and uh, final question is, are the Brooklyn Nets a better team without Kyrie Irving on them? I, I would say no, just given his talent level. I mean, you know, in the playoffs, you know, it tends to bode well for you if you're the best player on the floor, and he helps them have that edge in, edge in any matchup, just about especially out there with Kevin. So, no, I think that their ceiling is lower with him from a talent perspective, but maybe from a stability, lack of drama, chemistry, et cetera, it's, it's better. So I think it depends upon how you want to look at the glass, half full or half empty. So <laughs> I, I think they're all pros to him being gone and them kind of having the uncertainty and all the drama and all that flushed away. I also think, though, that there's an acknowledgement that he's a magician on the court, and without him, you know, everyone else has to kind of pick up the slack. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm going to be on again tomorrow. I'm sure this will come up again tomorrow. And then uh, not until this time next week, we'll, we'll see if uh, Kyrie Irving is still on the team or not. You said you think he's played his last game as a net. I agree with you. I, I, I do think so as well. It's going to be a wild week regardless. It wouldn't be a trade deadline without a net store wanting out. <laughs> That's right. Alex Schiffer from The Athletic. Alex, thanks for, for making the time for us. I really appreciate it. It's a long day. I get it. No problem. Take care. I'll talk next time. Thanks, Alex. So uh, if if you haven't read anything that Alex has put out, I mean, he, he is the guy. I mean, he has been doing radio hits all day long, all week long. Um, oh, I should say oh, all a couple days long about this Kyrie Irving controversy. And uh, he's great. Alex Schiffer from The Athletic. If you, you know, if you can't listen to me and be up to date on it, go ahead and start read his articles because uh, – he does a fantastic job. He's a great writer. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan with you till 1 a.m. A lot of basketball tonight, and I got a tweet on the break. If you, if you can't call, if you're under the covers, as Steve Summer would say, right? If you're under the covers, you can tweet me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I got a tweet from Nelly Stundel, and he said, Danielle, keep Kyrie as far away from the Knicks as possible. Yes, agreed. And as Alex Schiffer from The Athletic just told you, I mean, they've had a front-row seat to everything that's been going on in Brooklyn. I don't think that would be on their radar. I mean, right? Right. Okay. And, of course, um, I'm going to make a case for Brian Dable to be 
the NFL's Coach of the Year. But I just want to get this one basketball call in before we do that. Let's go to John in Freehold, New Jersey. You're up here on a fan in New York. Hey, Danielle. How are you tonight? Great, great. How are you? I'm doing well, Danielle. I'd like to talk New York Knickerbocker basketball with you with the NBA trade deadline coming here quickly up on Thursday. Oh, so you want Kyrie um, Irving? Uh, I most <laughs> certainly do not want Kyrie Irving. No way, no how, no thank you. Uh, let, let's move on to ho- something more on a positive note, more yeah. realistic note as far as what the Knicks can do leading up to Thursday. Yeah. Um, things that are disturbing to me at this point, Danielle, are it seems like they're giving this guy Rojas, who they brought in from the Minnesota Timberwolves, a whole lot of power and a, and a big voice in the organization as far, as far as player personnel decisions mm-hmm. and negotiations on player transactions are concerned. And that's disturbing to me because he didn't do anything positive while he was the head of basketball operations with the Minnesota Timberwolves and eventually led to his being fired there uh, and not having a successful track record. Mm -hmm. And we all know that Leon Rose was a player agent and then elevated to a player personnel guy with the Knicks, and that hasn't worked out. He seems to be in over his head. And they brought World Wide West in as a backdoor kind of guy to go through these back channels Mm -hmm. and whisper into these guys' ears and, and kind of nudge them and push them and encourage them and influence them to come to New York, and that hasn't worked either. So that three-headed monster that they currently have in the front office has been a major failure. And I know Bob um, Myers has been mentioned as coming in after his contract expires at the end of the season, and that's a gentleman with a proven track record that really knows what he's doing and would be a major asset to the organization going forward if they were able to bring him in. But that's not going to happen right here, right now, leading up to Thursday night. That's exactly what I was about to say, yep. Right. So with that being said, mm-hmm. they need they, you you look at this team. They got a nice team they got put together and they've been star chasing and been swinging and missing and I don't think there's a star chasing target out there right now that's going to be impactful em- enough to really move the needle in a major way, but you still want to upgrade the talent on this roster and uh, bring some reinforcements in to keep the morale high and keep this team moving in a positive direction. So that's why I think they need to be aggressive and, and, and make some player uh, personnel decisions and additions leading up to this deadline. Now, OG Abanabi in Toronto is a guy that I like yeah. a great deal. Mm-hmm. He, he's a young kid who's long, tall, and athletic. He's gotten progressively better from the offensive side of the floor. He's an outstanding, proven NBA defender right now. He leads the NBA in steals, which the Knicks could use. And he gives them another scoring option, which they need greatly. And he's a proven winner. He was on that NBA championship team. Uh, he's been coached well with a good coaching staff led by Nick Nurse in Toronto. Yeah. And he's, he's the right guy at the right time, I think. And I would be, that would be my number one ta- available target coming in. And they need, they, they well, surely yeah. need some perimeter shooting, some three point shooting. If they're going to blow yeah. it up in, in Brooklyn, I would look to bring Seth Curry in. He's a guy that I've had on my radar, radar and liked a great deal and admired over the years. Uh, the one thing, an Alan Grayson, yeah. Alan Grayson maybe, or a Josh Hart. Yeah. They need to bring in some firepower yeah. to enhance this roster. Allen, and I yeah. think with, o- with OG from Toronto, I think he gives you both. He strengthens you from the defensive end, which we all know Tom Thibodeau's a defensive-minded coach. Right, of course. He gives you more opportunity with, with the steals, leading the league in steals. And he gives you added scoring punch from a starting position 
and, and strengthens your bench at the same time because you could either put Barrett to the bench or right. Bronze to the bench and enhance your bench. But then you still need to add that additional bench guy, like I said, for perimeter scoring, mm-hmm. whether it be Seth Curry, Grayson Allen, or Josh Hart, or someone else that's got a proven track record. Buddy Heald would be another guy, but the problem with Buddy Heald is he makes too much money. He has an erroneous contract. Right. So I would not go the Buddy Heald route. But what, what do you think about my mindset as far as what they should be doing leading up to this deadline yeah, and being think... aggressive and, 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 and moving this court? These guys are working really hard. They're hanging in there. And they're coming up short late in games because they just don't have that additional firepower. Right, exactly. And John, I think you're I think you're right on. I, you know, and the one thing I would caution with uh Anyobi is that he's got a, a player option for 2024, 2025. So unless the Knicks get creative, I mean, he can leave after one full season with him. So that's that's the one thing I would caution. I think he's a great play I think I think that would be a great move for the Knicks. And the thing with the Knicks is, you know, they play such a uh, you know, hard nosed defensive kind of game right and it, it obviously it wears the players out and you know you have to turn to a, to a to a good bench and the Knicks are 26th in the league in bench scoring and point you know points off the bench and that's not going to cut it you know when, when you're your top rotation kind of guys they have to come out get you know get, get some waters you know get a, get a get a get a break you know it's it's who comes in after them and it's like all right well, the Knicks are 26 in the league in bench scoring. You've got to bolster that some way. And is is that going to be bring in, you know, a top rotation kind of guy? And like you said, sit Barrett? Or is it, you know, bring in some depth in the bench behind a guy like Barrett? So, um, you know, it's, it's just it's just like, are the Knicks buyers or sellers? Buyers or sellers? I mean, you look at um, where they are. I mean, right now, I mean, I know we're about halfway, right? Knicks are seventh, seventh seed. And that means they're playing in the play-in tournament. And then you look at who the gauntlet of teams above them. I mean, it's like, where do they start? They need that that superstar. They need that superstar. And they had one. They just didn't choose to, to go that route. Speaking of superstars, I mean, Brian Dayball, superstar head coach, as far as I'm concerned, he's the coach of the year. And I know he was elected to coach of the year by the Pro Football Writers Association. I, I get that, but that's great. But there's a bigger one out there. And it'll be announced next weekend at NFL Honors, the night before the Super Bowl. AP's Coach of the Year, to me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, in one season, you look at what Brian Dable and Joe Shane have changed around here. I mean, number one, under Brian Dable, Daniel Jones looks like the quarterback I always knew he could be in the right situation. Number two, the Giants... It just when they're respectable again. They they're an original franchise. And they went from a laughing stock across the league to a playoff team in 365 days. And guess what? They didn't just make the playoffs. They were a playoff team that won their first round game. And you want numbers? You know I got numbers. Dayball took a Giants team that had not had a winning record since 2016. And they finished nine seven and one. Brian Dable took a Giants team from thirty first in the league in total yards for two years in a row, mind you, to eighteenth. Brian Brian Dable took a Giants team from thirty first in the league last again in points scored for two years in a row to fifteenth. And basically, it's all with the most of the same personnel on offense, same quarterback, same running back. Argument could be made for even lesser wide receivers. And all of that against tough competition. 
I mean, the Giants, of course, played two games against a Cowboys team that got bounced in the divisional round. They played two more against an Eagles team that's repping the NFC in the Super Bowl next Sunday. And you know what? That is Coach of the Year material, if you ask me. To Astoria we go. Lou, you're up on a fan. Daniela, how are you? Great. How are you? (laughs) Fine. Listen, I know you always say, oh, me and Lou always disagree. Yeah. On this one, I'm going to disagree with you because i tell you what. Before I go into Brian Dable, if Daniel Jones was the quarterback of the Jets this year, past year, how many games do you think the Jets would have won? Oh, you asked me this already. At least three or four more. Okay. Now, uh, to me, the the coach of the year has to be the guy from Seattle, Pete Carroll, and the guy from the Jaguars. He's not even nominated. Huh? He's not even not, He's not even a finalist. I understand that, but, this, I mean, let me put it to you this way. We, we already went through this. The first game of the year, okay, where the Titans were playing the Giants, okay, and you remember that play where he went for two, okay? Yeah. The Titans was dominating the game defensively and offensively, okay? And Brian Dable, okay, gave the, the Titans – I mean, time to actually win the game with the 40 yarders to the kick from the track and miss. You remember that game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Giants would have made the playoff. I can understand that. Can we give this guy another year to see how good he is? People call him a genius. I mean, I like Daniel Jones. I, oh, my God, I wish he going free agency, and that's the guy that I want instead of Rodgers because Rodgers, to me, is the guy that's, that is, is his way or the highway. He's gonna to come to New York. If he would even even with a Super Bowl that that he won with it with it with it, with, it, with his team, great team that he had, if he was playing for New York and he only won Super one Super Bowl, a tremendous team that he had in Green Bay, he would have been criticized like crazy, and he would never take it because the media here is too tough and too poisoned. What's your thought? What do you um, think? I, I think we're gonna disagree here, Lou. I, I think I think with Aaron Rodgers. The Jets have a real shot at winning a Super Bowl. Are you serious? They probably make the playoff. The Green the Green Bay Packers were so much better than the Jets in their days. And I remember when this guy played against the Giants, against Eli Manning, uh, in the playoffs, and he was missing receivers by ten yards. I mean, I don't know if you're too young. Maybe that would. I mean, you still. Uh, I know you're not. I mean, you probably saw that. And when it came to playoff and clutch time. He didn't do it, Daniel. I don't know. I mean, I hope, I hope, listen, I want to see him come in here. If he doesn't give me a Super Bowl, it's a worst of time. I mean, I want, I want somebody else. I don't know who you have in mind for the Jets. I'm a Jets fan. I love them. And I just hope that uh, if this guy comes in and he doesn't give me a Super Bowl, I really don't care. And the media is going to have fun with him. They're going to make, they're going to have a tremendous, <laughs> they're going to kill this guy. He's not coming here. I'm telling you right now. Daniel, take care. Like always, you're the best. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate that. I love that. Even if you disagree completely on on what we each other say, it's always respectable. You know what I mean? Lou, he's an all right guy, I guess. So, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, for me, if it's Rodgers coming in for the Jets, they need to win a Super Bowl. That's it. And, and, And he puts him in a really good spot to do that. I think better than any. I mean, Tom Brady's out. He's retired, right? And I believe him. I don't know about you, but I, I believe him. He wasn't coming here anyway. So, I, 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 Rogers, right? And you look at, you know, 
What are the other options? He's the top tier. You look at the other options, mid-tier, Garoppolo, Carr. If I'm picking between the two of them, I'm picking Garoppolo. But we can get into that. I've got a quick break and a um we got an update. We got a quick break. We've got an update from Jack Stern. And I my name is Daniel McCart, and I'm with you till one. happened you talked about it on the fan the most successful team in the history of professional sports starting the new millennium the new york yankees are once again world champions when new york sports happens talk about it here the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app It's really, really cold. I got 25 degrees here in our current location. Nothing compared to what it's been the past couple nights, right? You know what? Getting in here tonight was so easy. Nobody is out. I, I hit no resistance on my entire drive-in, and it was glorious. That's a rarity for you. It you, is. You've had some some tough rides in. Yeah. In all hours from the, the, the GW being closed. Yep. And traffic and this, that, the other thing. It was glorious tonight. There you I go. must say. I even stopped for gas and everything. Awesome. I hope it's freezing cold every single time I'm here. In, in wonderful news, somehow it's going to be 52 on Monday. A 60 I, by Thursday, I think I saw. Uh, it's uh, the, the weather is out, it's out of control. Did you see the thing uh, at some little at that at some skiing town in Vermont? It yes. was negative one hundred and seven. I oh, I saw that, and that's not like a real feel. It was legit negative one hundred and seven degrees. I watched the whole video cam and everything. They had like a live cam or something. I clicked on it. Yeah, I did see that. That's that. I think was it the coldest ever recorded? I believe so. Yeah. And you can get more of this random information <laughs> on my Twitter. That would be at Paul's Randomness on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me look. Cheap plug. Yeah, Friday. Friday the 10th in New York City is going to be 56 degrees. Amazing. It's like get your bathing suits out. It's a red, it's a swimming. It's right. A swimming. Well, it's weird that even tonight, even today and tonight when I walked in, it's legit warmer. Yeah. Like it's warmer than it was. Like it's the, the temperatures are going up. Yeah. Crazy. And uh well, there's that. Paul's a weather guy. He's our he's our resident weather guy. Weather expert, dog show expert. Yes. The randomness expert. Yes. Top desserts. <laughs> Top desserts. Ice cream with hot fudge on it. Ice cream with hot fudge. I did a I did what ten minutes earlier this morning on top desserts and got like three or four like just like callers about like telling me what they think their top desserts are because that's what people want to know. What's that's yours? A, that's what I give the people. Uh, you can't go wrong with ice cream. Yeah. I, I mean it there's so many different categories though, like yeah. cakes and there's brownies. cakes and it's like Blueberry crumb pie. You want pie a la mode. Do you want some cinnamon on it? That's apple pie. Like, yeah. there's so many different categories of dessert. A Belgian waffle sundae. Yeah. I tweeted that out as well that I had. That I was the I basis of it. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many different categories of desserts. And if you're a sweet guy like me, like way more than savory me palate, too, yeah. sweeter palate, yeah. then you appreciate the desserts. Yes. I, I, 
we've had at, at school like like a luncheon like that we pay for to start the school year off and we all pay you know chip in with our union dues and they have ice cream i start with the ice cream because i don't want to wait in line for it so i, I go up and i literally get asked for the ice cream first and then people look at me like already yeah and then i go back for the food because there's way more food than there is ice cream that's what i do that's the trick of the trade yep that's an interesting theory yeah, so I, I, I like must say I hate it. It's almost like the palate cleanser at a wedding. Yes. It's almost like the palate cleanser yes. at a wedding. Right. Now that's going to be like a lemon or lime sorbet, not yes. an ice cream, yeah, but chocolate whatever. ice cream with same sprinkles. concept. Same thing. Yep. <laughs> so you know, we've been talking a lot tonight about the Kyrie Irving. Of course, we I followed the Nets game. He wasn't in the building, and he, you know, he's. I don't know if he's really endearing himself to, to other teams around the league tonight, but by sitting out with this air quotes here calf injury, I mean, right. But I tell you something, if I, is it were or was, I think was, I'm not sure, but if I was his teammate through all of the drama that he has put this team through in his time here, in the past couple years, and if I were his teammate, maybe it is were, if I were his teammate and I had to stand at my locker and in the, the number one media market in the world and answer questions for him each and every time he pulls these ridiculous circus acts. I mean, these disappearing acts. I, I, I don't know what I would do, man. You know what? As a player, if a reporter came up to me and asked me anything about Kyrie Irving, I, I you know what? I would stand there and I would say something along the lines of, you know what? You're going to have to direct that question directly at Kyrie Irving when he returns, uh, you know, or something to that effect. Because I would be so done, so fed up speaking for him or sticking up for him. I mean, Kyrie Irving has proved that he does not have, you know, if I were the player, he, he doesn't have my hardworking interests at heart. So why should I have his? Enough already. I mean, I feel so bad for those guys in that locker room that Irving was forced upon. I don't feel bad for Kevin Durant, though. He chose to work with him. You know, but but guys that were already there when he arrived and that are still there, those are the guys I feel for. And and the two coaches also that, that have been there and gone in his tenure here. I mean, the guy is burning Brooklyn to the ground. They have to dump him. They have to get rid of him. They have to, for whoever the best offer is, Clippers, Lakers, whoever it is, they have to get rid of him. He burned Boston to the ground. He burned Brooklyn to the ground. Go do it somewhere else. And I think finally more, I would say maybe a majority of Nets fans have turned the corner on him too. Enough or not. Enough is enough. They showed the him before the game at the Barclays Center on the on the big board. You know, just a, 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 you know, he wasn't there. They they showed his name and they said Kyrie Irving and they played like him dribbling a ball, whatever on the thing. The the fans that were in the stands and they weren't really that full at that point. They were all booing him. Good. This might be the point of no return. In an order that you guys called, Paul in East Brunswick, New Jersey. You're up next here on a fan. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hello? Yes, Paul, you're there. I'm here. Paul, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hello? Okay, Paul. Try back again another time. <laughs> Amazing how people do that. Kevin and Camden, you're up next here on The Fan. What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm great. How are you? 
I'm good. I want to talk about this Kyrie thing. Yeah. Um, man, you just right on the head. He's got, he's got to go. I mean, I can tell you, I mean, the, the athletes, like you said, they got to stop. He has burned through. This uh, this organization is catered to him from whim to whim. Not only him, but Durant. Yep. But, and, and the biggest mistake that I think they both made, and I, and I, and I may be going back a couple of years here, getting rid of Kenny Atkinson. I'm sorry. Yep. I mean, he was the best coach for this team. They had the pieces. And then, the, you know, then, then you could say the hardened trade. You could say all that. But the biggest mistake was, was Atkinson because he was the right coach for this team. They have regressed since then in yep. a major, major way. Yep, I agree with you. And one of the other things that's a, that's a mistake, Kyrie has his stepmom as his agent. I mean, <laughs> when it's family, of course it's going to be biased. I mean, like, what, like, this whole thing, it's just, I, I, I'm just, I told you, I told you this before, I've talked to you about him before, I was done with him before, and I'm just, please, I'm done with him now. Trade him anywhere he can go. If he wants to go to, Le, to L.A. with LeBron, by all means. See ya. Because I, I'm telling you, I, I'm done with Ben Simmons too, but I'm not even going to talk about that. But this, look, they need to just get rid of him. I mean, for a bag of chips, I don't care what you get for him. Just get him out. Because it's, I mean, it's just really, what's so positive about it? There's nothing positive about this man being here. It, it's just, it's, but I'm just saying, for the organization to get to cater to him and this is what you get, nah. I, I can't believe Brooklyn for saying no because I wouldn't either. You don't know if this guy's going to be reliable at all, and he's no, not. Right. So this whole thing with Kyrie, listen, I just don't let the door hit you on the on the way out. And this is the third organization. When three organizations want to get rid of you <laughs> for this reason, yeah. you know, maybe you're the problem. Maybe it's not the organizations. Maybe it's you, and you got to look yourself in the mirror. Yeah. I'm just, like the like the Taylor Swift I'm, song. I'm the problem. It's me. It's yeah, no, me. It reminds me of T.O. when he was with the Niners, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. And all three of them, I think he almost, in almost, a, I think a very similar amount of time, all three of them got rid of him. And somebody said, you know, when when he's getting rid of you, that quick, are you the problem? And that was with T.O. And it, I'm saying I'm seeing very similar. I mean, two different sports, but very similar personalities. But it's all about them. It's not about the team. Mm-hmm. There's no I in in team in Kyrie. Nah, nah, nah. He's got to go. Get what you can get for him. I don't care where he goes, but he's got to go. Yeah. And Kenny Atkinson should still be here. I'm sorry. It may be old passion, but he was the coach for the team, and they have been regressing. No, well, they ran him out of town. You had Durant and Irving ran him out of town. They wanted Steve Nash, and then guess what? They ran him out of town too. He and wasn't the guy either, I guess. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you I, I like Durant, but if he wants to go too because of this, you know what? They should have never done this to begin with. Just build, build up what they had. They, they had so many young players. Dinwiddie, they, Levert. They it all the way for these guys. Yep, Jared Allen. Tyrese uh, Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep. And, that, and, and it's, I don't know if you saw it earlier, but they're even, so that's even talking about bringing Dinwiddie back. I don't know if you saw that earlier, but there was a report oh, I read that. Yeah. Like, I love Spencer they, Dinwiddie. He's a great no, player. I would, me too. I would bring him back. But they, they're trying to make up for their mistakes. I just... Yeah, right. Nah, like it's too point. late now. I think now you got to get what you get and try to make the best of it. But yep. this, this was this was a mistake. And I'll tell you this. I'm glad it wasn't with the Knicks. Because it would be 20 times worse if it was at the Knicks. This <laughs> makes the Knicks look good. This <laughs> makes all the stuff the Knicks do, it makes it look good compared to this. I mean, when you put it that way, Kevin. <laughs> well, 
I'm just saying that. All right, yeah, thanks, Coach. Yeah, th- thanks for the call there, Kevin. And, and and LeBron James has officially weighed in, besides a tweet. Uh, he said he was asked uh, if, if Kyrie Irving could help the Lakers. And the quote from just five minutes ago says, obviously that's a duh question when you talk about a player like that. So LeBron obviously, duh, thinks that Kyrie Irving can help the Lakers. Okay, cool. Go for it. But, you know, it's up to the Nets now to figure out or to, to shake the shake them down, I guess the, the right wording would be for the best package possible. To Ben in Queens. You're up next here on the Fan Band. What's up? Evening, Coach. Well, you already know how I feel about the Rodgers thing. And the way I feel about the Rodgers thing is, A, we've seen Favre, and B, huh, you see you see what's happening in Brooklyn. Uh, Kyrie loves the mic. Rodgers loves the mic. And both of mercurial, uh, mercurial as, well, I can't use that word, but you know where I was going with that. Yeah, and- but I, I get it. I get it. I, I just think that Rodgers would be... It would elevate the Jets immediately with his play on the field. Like his his drama doesn't affect his being able to be available and be on the field and play the games. Whereas Kyrie Irving, he's doing everything possible to stay off the court. But I will say this: I will say this because we are in New York. I have gotten to see nine Rodgers games this season. If not for that rookie wide receiver. We would be talking about Rogers' downfall, just like how we were talking about how the old Brady looks. Go before Watson had his rise. Look at his stats before, and then after Watson kicked it in for the last seven. Look at his stats after. Remember, as a Jets fan, I got a good, good long look at Rogers in those back-to-back games against the Giants and the Jets. And remember, at that he's time, playing with a the broken thumb, though. I know. I know. I know a whole bunch of people want Rodgers with the Jets. I've heard it all from ESPN. You want to know why I don't want Rodgers to the Jets? Because I saw what happened with Favre. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. Brett Favre, they were 8-3 and three before Brett Favre got hurt. He got hurt, didn't tell anybody or whatever. The team didn't tell anybody. The team was fined for not disclosing that injury. He And he wasn't just, like, a little bit hurt. He was, like, arm falling off kind of hurt. So, no, I, he, they were 8-3 and three through that point. Again, I... I can't ride with it. I just can't. They but had, let's get ben, to the other they had, point. Wait, they had players, like, like, players on that team came out and said just recently that, that they thought... They were going to win the win the Super Bowl with him that year. They were talented enough to do so. Yeah, but but here's the difference between the two. Favre didn't have a season like Rodgers did before he came here. They have almost exactly the same numbers year to year. I looked it up. Uh, like well, the, the last the last year before, like that Favre had before coming to the Jets, and then what presumably might be the you know the last season of Aaron Rodgers in in Green Bay tonight. You know uh, this year. I look both of them up. They are almost identical. Almost. Yeah, but uh, again, that's where my eyeball test is different than yours. Because what I saw from Rodgers this season, like I said, before Watson's rise, that's why I'm a buyer beware. But speaking of buyer beware, <laughs> Vandersloot, yeah. Anescu, Laney, Stewart, and Jones. Yep. 
Super team. We, we, a, a super team. I'm loving it. I'm going to miss Dangerfield back there with a nephew, but you know what? You got Vandersloot in. So I, I can't. Sharp I can't shooting Vandersloot. Yeah. Woo. That's they, they're going to put up points, but you know what? You look at the Aces lineup, the Liberty has to do it. And folks, we are a long way from Teresa Witherspoon in the backcourt. All right. The Liberty have not won. Simple as that. They have not won. So I appreciate them going all out. I appreciate Stewart taking a little less money so she could, yep. she and Vandersloot could come over. Yep. My only fear is again, we just, we've seen what Brooklyn is. We've seen <laughs> what Durant and Kyrie is. But, but from what I know of Vandersloot and from what I know of Jaquel Jones, their egos aren't going to get in the way. No, nah, they're the the WNBA is on a crash course between the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty for the championship. And I'll tell you something: I think that the New York Liberty are going to win a championship in the Barclays Center before the Nets do. And you know what? That'd be facts. But then you look at the Aces: Plum, yep. Ray, yep. Young, Parker, Parker, Wilson. Folks, if you haven't paid attention to women's basketball. This is the season to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, to I agree with you, Ben. Especially because it's going to be so good around here. Oh, that that! Oh my God! I I was like, I remember, I remember the Houston Comets teams. I remember the Sparks teams. Yeah. I I remember I remember the Mercury team. I remember the Connecticut Sun team. We've never had two at the same time. <laughs> so. Coach, this is gonna be good. This, this is gonna be good. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna be like, yo. I think the first matchup is end of May, middle of June. Oh, between the two of them? Yeah. Uh, if you know ABC what? I don't even know does that. Not yeah. have that game on prime time. <laughs> there is something wrong. Yeah, I agree with you, Coach. Enjoy the evening. Like we disagree, but I'm glad that we have this sounding board here. I, I, as a Jet fan, you know, I got a little fear. That's all. But speak to you next week. All right, Ben. Always. Always a great call and always always respectful. And that's, all, that's all I'm asking for. Uh, June 29th, by the way. Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night, June 29th. New York Liberty at Las Vegas Aces. I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm flying into Vegas on, I think, the first. Oh, I'm just going to miss it. Ugh. Oh. Damn. Well, it is what it is. I can't go any earlier. I'll be still at school. So, um, anyway, so uh, we're talking about all of that. We've got Nick's calls. We've got Kyrie calls all night. And I and I did want to bring up one more thing about Brian Table, Coach of the Year. You know, you could talk about him as an individual, but you also have to look at the competition. I mean, we had a caller bring up Pete Carroll before. He's not even nominated. So. We'll talk about the, who Brian Dable is, in fact, up against for AP's Coach of the Year next weekend. And then, you know what? We're going to systematically dismantle it coach by coach. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. My name is Danny.
Daniel McCartan with you back on the fan till one. When Pete Hoffman comes your way, he is here and he is, uh, I don't know where he went, but he was here. I did see him. So I'll be handing you off to him at one. So week 18 of the last season, you know, you know, Giants wise, Jake Fromm was, I was there. He was taking two knees on like what, the Giants. What was it? Two yard line, whatever it was like two knees in a row. And, and, and we're looking at each other in the stands like, like, no way. Like, what? They didn't just do that, did they? And then the post-game explanation by the the head coach at the time was to make more room for the punter. I mean, like, what? So so put that tape in your VCR and press fast forward 365 days, basically. And this season, the Giants were two wins away from making it to the Super Bowl. Making it to the Super Bowl. You know, for that, I mean, with vir- virtually pretty much this, a lot of the same personnel, Brian Dable should be AP's coach of the year next weekend at that NFL Honors uh, Award ceremony. I mean, look who he's up against. Besides the fact, besides his body of work with the team, right? Look who he's up against. Number one, Sean McDermott. With everything regarding Demar Hamlin, I know that's obviously the emotional choice, and yes. Sean McDermott handled it beautifully and with grace. And thank God that DeMar Hamlin has pulled through and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Absolutely. But quite frankly, McDermott's bills underachieved this year. They had Josh Allen, who was not as sharp as he was in years past. And then here's the million dollar question. Why haven't they made it to the Super Bowl yet? They were favored preseason. I look back at the odds. They were favored. To win the Super Bowl this season. What happened? Okay, so as far as I'm concerned, he's out. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson got to work with a number one overall picked quarterback in his sophomore season. So, of course, the game is going to slow down for him. And everyone loves to point to this. Yes, the Jaguars won their division. But it's a bad argument because... It was the single worst division in the NFL. I mean, look at the records of the teams in that division. The the Jaguars were the only team in the AFC South with a winning record. And it was 9-8. and They basically had no choice but to be crowned the champions of that division. And yeah, they were the four seed that didn't deserve home and field advantage. And they beat an imploding five seed. I mean, like big whoop. And then there's Nick... Sirianni. His Eagles won the NFC East last year, and they won it again this year. So where is the improvement from year to year? And plus, his roster is loaded from the jump. And that's just not my opinion. That's the opinion of Julian Love, too. And he was on Good Morning Football on NFL Network. I forgot what day it was, but it was it was in the past couple of days. And, and there's Julian Love. He's talking about the. They got him to talk about the the Eagles roster, about uh, Sirianni's showboating on the sidelines, and here is Julian Love talking on Good Morning Football on NFL Network. He's a guy who really is doing a great job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster uh, from top to bottom, offense, defense. You see this stuff, though? Like, what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing that. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, he's. Even for a free ride right now, you guys can coach this team. Yeah, you guys can coach this team. You, me, Paul, we can all coach this team. I mean, the secret is out on the Eagles. Come on. And the only other guy that I would consider is Kyle Shanahan. 
He's the only other choice besides Dayball that I would say deserves it. Um, even though when the season started, his 49ers had the seventh best odds to win the Super Bowl. Because, yes, I did go back and look for that. And, you know, besides the fact that, that two of the teams in that division were literally among the worst five in the entire league, no one likes to point to that, right? And, yes, he did deal with a lot of adversity at the quarterback position. But, you know, it's also really easy to handle or manage all of that when you've got George Kittle as your tight end, as your safety blanket. You've got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel catching your passes. And then you got it traded for Christian McCaffrey running the rock, being that second safety blanket on the check down for you in the passing game. So, I mean, it's, it's not a Shanahan thing as far as I'm concerned. For me, it's a John Lynch thing. So, in conclusion, in conclusione, Brian Dable, AP Coach of the Year next week. Come on! Right? I mean, right? 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. In the order that you called, Douglas in the Bronx, you're up here on The Fan. Good evening, Danielle. How How are are you? you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, thank you for your email to me earlier this week. Oh, yeah. I am very appreciative. I was thrilled seeing your message in my inbox. Um, my Super Bowl preview publishes Monday, and you are in esteemed company of contributors. Um, I've got Lori Rubinson, Mike Fliegelman, uh, Pat Boyle, ESPN's Frank Isola, New York Post's Andrew Marchand, and Dallas Maverick owner, Mark Cuban. So Look check you. it out. Look at you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you're again. You're in the team company. Yeah. So I got I got two quick notes. Uh, with the Knicks, um, I disagree with a caller to you earlier who said the front office was a complete failure. Um, I wouldn't designate that yet. Of course, last year big negatives with Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish. I get it. But they made a huge step forward with Jalen Brunson. Uh, this guy's yes, they do. What a terrific find. I mean, 41 points tonight. Uh, yes, with him, they've got a fighting shot every game when he's in yep. the roster. They'll be flirting with 500 all year. Um, they're a very entertaining team. Uh, they give me tons of agita, as today <laughs> evidence, but entertaining nonetheless. Their third overtime game in the last nine days. Yeah, so, I know. Yes. Uh, it's exciting. W- when they move forward... Gibbs has to, has to remain coach, I, you know, without a doubt. I, uh, but and of course they have to build on just having uh, more than just Brunson. But yes, uh, I like the Knicks uh, moving forward. All right, my other note, because um, you mentioned also about Greg Olson, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's doing right. I, he deserves all the praise that he's getting, and I'm so glad that uh, more and more people are noticing him uh, because of the extra exposure with all these games. Right. But of course. It's bittersweet because of what's looming ahead. Right. Mr. Brady with the not one second of game analysis under his belt mm-hmm. and what is looking to take its place. Um, but I credit Olsen for making it hard on Fox Sports to move on from him because he's really stepped up to his game. He did that. He did that one. Uh, the one example was, uh, I think it was the Dallas San Francisco game that the, the receiver, he was going out of bounds, but he didn't make a step forward. So when he did go out of bounds, the clock still kept running. I did not know that rule. I, I, I thought you would just go to this go to the sideline, but he knew it. He knew you had to move forward and but 
Dallas did, and, and the clock kept running. Mm-hmm. So I, I give him kudos to that. Mm-hmm. But so on to Brady. So now that he's retired, I think it's more of a toss-up than Fox Sports thinks it is. I know he's a big name, but uh, I'm going to give you three examples why I think it's a toss-up. Um, but they're so, not they're not going to pay him $375 million to be the B team. All right. Well, uh, here's three, three worries. <laughs> so 95. NBC hired John Montana after he retired. Uh, he lived in the West Coast. The NBC studio was in New York. Obviously, they hired him for doing NFL analysis throughout the year. He only made it for half the season. Mm. He never criticized anyone because he admitted he did not want to criticize anyone. And he quit in the middle of Super Bowl 30. <laughs> you can read all of that. Because <laughs> he, he got fed up with the, yeah. trying to be uh, critical. And then, just recently, uh, the second example, Drew Brees. He yeah. was allegedly the next uh, great analyst upcoming. You know, he recently retired. Yep. Then he did that infamous uh, playoff uh, call uh, last year with the uh, Raiders Bengals. He recommended that Derek Carr should spike the ball near the end zone to, to, to stop the clock. But there was enough time on the clock. And sure enough, Carr did it. But that advice was just ill-advised. And maybe you felt that way, too, because yeah. he booked it out of there quickly <laughs> after, that, after that game. But here's the, uh, the last example. I'm going to bring it up. Tony Romo, I know. Hiring him years ago, lightning in the bottle, great hire. Of course, one of the all-time great hires. Because he came, out, he came out of nowhere. He got all this praise. But now, the bloom is off the rose. And allegedly, uh, there's rumors. He, uh, for the past year, he has not been, been preparing for these games. Mm. He's not doing the homework. Um, I mean, that's a foreign concept to you and me, Daniel. Yes. Right? We're academics. You, you, I mean, you're making $18 million a year. Do the homework. Right. Do, do the preparation. But, um, and for me... Uh, Tony Romo, he gushes way, way too much over these NFL referees. To me, NFL referees, the worst officials in pro sports. So <laughs> They should be seen. Uh, so, All officials should be seen and not heard, in my opinion. <laughs> but if you don't, if you, if we don't know uh, uh, what the NFL referees did during a game, that means they did a great job. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like uh, in, in the end of the um the Dolphins Bills game. He went on and on and on about the last play, the key play, uh, about uh, the replay, and it, you know to be in favor of the Dolphins. And then it became, uh, then it was decided for the Bills. And then he says, "Well, I got to really compliment these officials. They did a great job." Come on, you so yeah. That's the old, that's the hugest concern. Yes, yeah, Brady, big big name. He's got his movie out right now. Uh, yes, uh, you know, almost four hundred million with Fox. But, you know, be careful what they pay for. Maybe uh, uh, maybe too overdone. And uh, Greg Olson, he'll get hired right away. He'll get snapped up right away, wherever he lands. Um, but uh, certainly, uh, he's made a name for himself. And I wish him all the best uh, this coming Super Bowl. He's, I think he'll be terrific. Um, I hope Fox does not make Brady join that booth. No, this, I, I think, the, I think they I said not. Yeah, I think they said no on that. Right, yeah. It should be just the uh, Olsen and Burkhardt. Uh, it, Two Jersey been guys. A duo. Yeah, <laughs> right, yes, yes. So, um, again, just uh, buyer beware, Fox, uh, with Brady. Uh, I'd rather have him get him, give him, give him some reps first. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, well, Douglas, you are, you are my TV correspondent. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, take care. Have a good night. Bye, you too. Yes. Uh, all right, let, let's try this one again.
Paul in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Hey, Paul, are you there this time? I think so. All right. I hear you. Great. I'm 79 years old, an original Brooklyn boy. Mm -hmm. I spent 32 years of my life there. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the sports, uh, big into every kind of sport you can imagine. I, my concept of team basketball was uh, solidified with Boston Celtics and Bill Russell and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And then also with uh, the uh, the Knicks. And you know all of those guys. The yep. Frazier, the Reeves, you know, the Bradleys, all of them. Sure. The Monroes, team basketball. The, over Over the decades, the business of basketball has changed. The skill sets have changed. The rules have changed. But there's still something fundamental, regardless of the skills that are uh, revered, there's something about team that's very important. So everything you said about Kyrie, for the most part, is 100% true about and his phenomenal skills. How do you do this on a consistent basis and not be – there's always – A distraction, a, uh, an excuse. Right. Uh, a a neg- yeah. negative, a big yep. negative. Yep. Except for one thing. He was skewered by the media because he refused to take the, uh, the COVID backs. Well, right? not me. Not on my show. And that's well, all I can speak uh, for. Uh, uh, I'm not saying you. I, yeah. I, I want that to hear and everywhere. All the media, social media, everything. And he, he now I understand he's a very he's very close he's very you know, rigid about how he thinks and sometimes he spe- he speaks out in all different kinds of ways, but I really didn't care about any of that. So Paul, how, was, how just so everybody listening, my knows. question is what's your what's your thinking about what what happened to him? You know, throughout you know everywhere, and I understand the politics of it and the New York rules and you know and Toronto sure. rules and this kind of crap. But what's your uh, sense, what's your uh, uh, feeling about all of that? Yeah, and Paul, thanks for the call there. Yeah, on my show, just so we're all clear, I I only talked about Kyrie. I I respect the decision. It's your decision, whatever you want to do. And we always talked about Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, from that point on. We never talked about any of that. We never got into any of that on this show, on my show. Um, at the time, you know, and, and even still since then. But, uh, you know, it's 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 one thing if, uh, how do I say it? Like, uh, if there's one thing if there's like a little bit of drama with a player or or even just a person, right? There's a little bit of drama. It could be situational. It could be somebody else, whatever. But when you go from team to team to team and it's the same story, the same narrative, then then – you you have to look internally at yourself as if you're the problem. Like the Taylor Swift song, I'm the problem, it's me. That's right. The problem is Kyrie Irving. He has to he has to now understand that. And any team trading for him should now understand that. So in terms of like, you know, it's it's not an I don't think an external force that's causing him to say that the earth is flat or an external force causing him to sit out on the eve of, of the 2023, I guess, trade deadline. It, it's it's him internally. Like, where does he get off thinking that he deserves a max extension? He's played in 50, I'm rounding now, but he's played in 50% of the games in Brooklyn. I'm sorry, but if I did 50% of the work at my job, I wouldn't be deserving, I, I'd get fired, in fact. I wouldn't be deserving of a max, we wouldn't be talking about a max extension, we'd be talking about a pink slip. I have a four-hour show. I come here and I and I do too, and then I leave you with dead air for the next two hours.
I go to school. I teach four periods, not all eight of them. I get a pink slip. So how is it okay that he's gotten pass after pass after pass here in Brooklyn, and he he, he thinks he deserves an extension? Like, that's insane to me. That's insane. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with the Kyrie Irving stuff. And also we can talk about quarterbacks in the NFL. Precision passer Derek Carr and, and, and all of it. New quotes out of San Francisco. Who's going to be the quarterback of the Jets? We'll talk about all that coming up next here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Ball game over. Boston wins. Well, the Boston Red Sox have to be congratulated. They have come back from 3 nothing down to win four straight games and win the American League Championship Series. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan, rocking with you till... 1 a.m. when Pete Hoffman comes your way. Been a basketball-heavy show tonight, and and of course, for obvious reasons, uh, Kyrie Irving, one of the biggest superstars in the NBA, requested a trade out of one of the, no, not one of, the biggest market in the NBA. So um, we've been uh, trying to dissect that, and we had on Alex Schiffer earlier from The Athletic, um, just to to garner more perspective on this. I mean, he's with the team every single day. And of course, let, let's uh, let's interject this with a little bit of uh, what's going to happen next at the quarterback position because I was just scrolling on Twitter and I saw that the the percentage of viewership is is way up for the NFL skills competition and partly probably because precision pastor Derek Carr. I mean, he injected himself into top of mind for a starting job with a new team and. You know, he put on that. It was. It was a. Da- I watched it live. I, I was like, "This is going to go viral." I mean, he put on a dazzling performance out there in Henderson the other night. I mean, did you see him crush the, the competition? Did you see him obliterate the interview afterwards? I mean, the Raiders have given him permission to seek a new team. That's what I saw at least. And um, you know, all all that stuff that he did in that competition. Let me channel Shania Twain right now, and it don't impress me much. I mean, first of all. Take the dome off of that that training facility, and, and you know what? And do it here in the open air, where it's it, right now. It's exactly uh, twenty five degrees. Carr's a sturdy quarterback. He's a reliable quarterback. He cannot win in the cold, and and both of those things can be true, and true. I still don't want him to be the quarterback of the Jets, no, no matter how many precision passes he throws in a climate controlled facility. And more intriguing to me at this point. And the better quarterback to me at this point, when he isn't injured, I know, big win, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he'd be motivated to, to stay on the field and prove to the 49ers what they're missing. And I think the good news for the Jets out of San Francisco from the other day is um, is what Kyle Shanahan had to say. You know, the 49ers season-end press conference, a reporter asked this exactly, and the quote was, do you guys see Jimmy being back? And if so, what would what would that look like? And Kyle Shanahan responded and said, no, I don't see any scenario. So his future in California is likely done. Come here. And of course, the correct answer to the test is Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, Joe Douglas is playing a tricky game. So does he wait around and see what Rodgers decides? And 
because the, the trades and free agent signings can't happen until 4 p.m. on March 15th. So we got some time. But from a Raiders perspective, you know, Carr needs to be cut by February 15th because after that, he's got $40.4 million guaranteed. And the Jets need a quarterback. And they just can't afford to get stuck standing and waiting around for Rodgers while the rest of the teams that need quarterbacks go ahead and sit down in this game of musical chairs with with Derek Carr and with Jimmy Garoppolo and et cetera, et cetera. Lamar Jackson even. Baker Mayfield even. Cross Tom Brady off the list, you know. So if the Jets are, are holding out for for Rodgers, as what I saw, you know, on on online on Twitter, it's that that Joe Douglas is telling all the teams around the league he's going in on him. All right, but what if you're all in on him and either he decides to retire or he says, you know what? I mean, I'm going back to the Packers. I mean, there's there's many ifs with Aaron Rodgers. So if you're the Jets, in the meantime, you're like, are you like, all right, well. Let me pick up a car. Let me let me pick up a Mayfield or a Jackson or a Garoppolo. Because I, I don't know what, what Rodgers is going to decide. Douglas got his work cut out for him. Let's go into the phones. 877-337-6666. Mike in East Meadow, you're up on the fam. Hey, how are you? Uh, very uh, impressed with your decision to go for the job that you want. That's uh, more Thank power you. to you. Thank you. Good for you. Um. Have you ever heard the term fool's gold? Yes. <laughs> yes. Fool's gold is iron pirate, and it's a uh, an element found in, in the ground that everybody thinks it's gold, but it turns out to be worthless. Mm-hmm. And um, I bring that uh, scenario and that uh, you know uh, illustration to point out that um, these teams that go all in on the scat back quarterback, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, Kyla Murray, Deshaun Watson, and even Robin, Robert Griffin back in the day, um, it won't pay off because their style of play uh, is electric and they're on rookie contracts, which allows the team to fill up a lot of holes in other places, but it's not meant for longevity. They will never take the team beyond like a quick fix promised land as opposed to the, 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 the pocket passes like, you know, Lawrence and Burroughs and uh, Mahomes, you know, he's kind of a hybrid, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just like it's fool's gold to, to like invest in these guys. And with regard to the Giants, you know, um, he had a great year and all this other stuff, but he's, Still digging his head in. He's like one hit away from a problematic injury. Yeah. He's got a neck problem from previous years. And, uh, you know, um, I, I've been a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an older guy, not that old, hopefully, but uh, <laughs> I've seen the whole thing go on. And uh, it's just the current, you know, setup for these guys to succeed is antithetical to long term success. In the uh, in the uh, uh, in, in the uh, in the football league, you know, just it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and and I think of you think of guys like like Aaron Rodgers and like Tom Brady who have had that long term success and, and the type of passers that they are. Uh, I, I you know I, I I'm I call me old school, you know, too, and um, I'm not that old, but call me old school. Yeah, I. I I agree with you. I like a pocket passer better. And I think, well, Daniel Jones can be that guy. Daniel Jones has a huge arm. He's got a big arm. He can hit the big throws. It's just they, they have these design runs, and you're right. There's He's one hit away from, from yeah, you're right. He, yes. 
But and I agree with you in not investing in these guys long terms. Um, but I mean, Daniel Jones is a big guy. I think it it kind of offsets, you know, a little bit. Josh Allen, he's he's a big guy. He, he's Josh Allen with a little bit of a history, uh, you know, behind him, injury history behind him. Yeah, but when I, I mean, I look at those guys, then I look at like a guy like like Zach Wilson. I mean, he, he's a little bit of a smaller guy in terms of size uh, against them too. I think he's got more of a bigger more of a bigger problem than than a guy like Daniel Jones and and, and that. But I, I get where you're going with this. Am I curious? You said Mahomes was more of a hybrid kind of guy. I'm curious to to, to see you know. Because he does run. I mean, he did get hurt on on a, on a scramble. Yeah, but 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 then the, you know, as opposed to Josh Josh Allen, he's a slider. Mahomes is a slider. He'll uh, he'll slow in there and he'll duck on the sideline quite a bit. Yeah, but he's uh, dedicated to sliding. And uh, you know, the long term success of yeah. teams. Well, here's the other thing: is uh, you take a guy like um, hey Tom Brady, he might eat ten sacks a year. But him eating then 10 sacks a year probably saves the team three interceptions and uh, some very, very negative yardage on the play. Yeah. So you, you take the positive yardage produced by a scat back quarterback and you transpose that with the fact that a drop back passer will save you immense amount of yards by, by eating the ball. And uh, it, 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 the trade off. Is it's not fair. It's not equivocal. Equivocal, and uh, the dropback passer will always win. And uh, the scat guys, you know, their main advantage is okay. They run a lot, blah blah blah. But the main advantage is uh, uh, the fact that they are they're on rookie contracts. But the long term success, the teams that will 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 move that forward. Obviously, a guy like Lawrence and Burrow and Mahomes. But uh, you know the Giants are are just in such a uh, a, a I think a though, bad position where whereby that you know they're going to buy in on on Saquon at twenty six. Yeah. You know what though, Mike? The, the thing with the thing with Daniel Jones and with the Giants, I, I think that that all those guys they're they're more experienced than him. I, I think it comes with experience. I mean, knowing when to run, knowing when to slide, knowing all of that, it comes with experience and. I think the guy's just been so confused over the past. I don't want to say confused, but how many different systems over the past couple of years? I mean, finally he's being coached up to do it. So let let's see, let's see. I, I'm willing to give Daniel Jones another shot for the Giants, but we got to hit a break here. Uh, I got Jack Stern here with an update, and it'll come more your way uh, here at midnight when we do a changing of the guards. Paul Rosenberg is out. Sus Susumu Uraki is in. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Danielle McCartan with you for another hour. It's been a basketball-heavy show, which is great. Of course, Kyrie Irving requests a trade out of Brooklyn, thinking that the grass is greener somewhere else. That's great. Goodbye. Now it's just a matter of uh, the Nets and, and the kind of package that they can get back for him. As we say goodbye to Paul Rosenberg, we say hello to Sus, Susumu Araki. He'll be taking your calls 
for the rest of the morning throughout my show and, and the show of Pete Hoffman as well. But, uh, man, Kyrie Irving, it, it, it long has been the day where you're like, oh, when is this guy finally going to request a trade out of here? Today's the day. It's now. Get the best package back for him. The Clippers are now into the to the, to the whole uh, the whole lottery, I guess you would call it. And that's not the right word. I know that, but um, it's the Lakers, it's the Clippers, it's the Mavericks, it's the Suns. I had on Alex Schiffer earlier this morning, earlier this morning, earlier uh, I guess earlier in the show, and I asked him kind of like, all right, which which team can give up the best package? And out of out of the four. Alex Schiffer covers the team for The Athletic. And out of the four, he found what he, and this is a quote here, he said he finds the Suns intriguing because uh, CP would be a steady pre- presence at point guard and, and Crowder is a winner and all that, okay? Um, he said he doesn't know who the Clippers have that make a ton of sense in terms of a package. This is Alex Schiffer. And he said uh, the Mavs have many people from the Nets internally. Um, and I thought that might have been a good thing, but then he continued on to say that those in the front office might do their homework and, and talk them out of it. And then he said, he actually said the Lakers, he can't see happening from an asset perspective. Westbrook and Simmons are the same player, not much afterwards talent-wise. So, you know, it's known and that Kyrie Irving is probably going to be on his way out. Um, He wasn't there tonight. I mean, he was hurt, the calf injury, okay? It was an excused absence, said the coach. Fine. Um, yeah, I mean, the feeling is that they're going to move him. And I guess that's the right move because you know why? If the Nets were like, no, you're staying. We, you know, we have a chance to make a run at this with you and Kevin Durant and anybody else that they try to bring in or, or whatever. But 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 the, with the two of you as a foundation, we've got a chance to make a run with you guys. And if they said, no, we're not trading you, we'll let you walk in free agency, but we're not trading you because you, you might be able to bring one home for us this season. Maybe, maybe. There is no guarantee that Kyrie Irving and his calf injury, his this, his that, won't keep him out for the rest of the season just to prove a point. Next thing he posts on social media, won't get him suspended. You know, it's just, it's just what if. If you had, you know, the vote of confidence in him that he was going to be there playing for playing his heart out for whatever team, whatever jersey he's wearing post-trade deadline Thursday, 3.01 p.m., then I'd keep him. But since you don't know that, you're not sure where he's at, where his allegiances lie. I mean, he only plays for himself. He's a me player, typical narcissistic me player. Then that's why you got to dump him. And you just got to dump him, unfortunately, for the best package available. And you try to make a run that way. But it, to, to, to do it the same way as you approach the Kevin Durant thing, uh, you know, how the Nets did over the summer, Kevin Durant, he demanded a trade, and they were like, we'll see what we can get back for you, and if we don't like any of the packages, you're staying put. Okay. They can't do it like that, because Kevin Durant has three years on his contract, I think, after this year. Kyrie is a free agent. There is the difference. That's the difference. 
So 877-337-6666 is the number. My name is Daniel McCartan. If you can't get through, you can't whatever, and maybe you can't call, tweet me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, of course. And you know Instagram, too. I'm on there, too. And and Facebook, all under Coach McCartan, but it's, it's just hard to check that while doing a live show. Twitter is much easier. And I'm just checking something else as as I sit here. I'm going to hit refresh one more time. Yep, no, no movement. So so I got a little bit of a problem now, like a real one. I, I've been on an absolute quest. Quest, I think, is the right word. A quest to find a Brandon Nemo authentic jersey. And the Mets, when I, first my first place to check was the Mets official website. The authentic jerseys they have are Verlander and Lindor. In in terms of current players, so you got a choice of Verlander or Lindor. Well, I don't want either of them, so that option was out. And then I thought of you know, the Mets have an official like brick and mortar store at City Field that's open pretty much year round. So I wasn't going to go all the way there. Like literally all the way there, pay the tolls and ever, you know, and to find out that they didn't have it. So what I did was, you can email them. So after a few days, they emailed me back and they said that they had a few Nemo authentic jerseys in stock. So you know, I, I they said call. Here's the phone number. I said, okay, I excitedly I called them the next day. Excited, you know, I'm like all right, you know, voicemail. Okay, I got a message back. I was teaching at school. Could obviously couldn't answer the phone. And in the voicemail, it says that they only, now this is a few days later, they only have replicas. There are no authentics in stock, just replicas. And the tone that I gathered was that they they were not expecting the authentics in anytime soon. So, you know, I went on a different website that I had gotten a gift card for at Christmas uh, from mom and dad. And so I I ordered a custom jersey, okay? It, It costs more. Cost three hundred and ninety four dollars and ninety nine cents. That was before the gift card, and you know I ordered it on January thirty first. So that's a that's a while ago, right? So I click refresh again, and it still says processing. Now, if it's a custom jer- if I put McCartan on the back of it, would it still be processing? Like, like I don't, like I don't understand. Because this happened to me with my the Sauce Gardner jersey I bought. The same exact thing happened. And it was kind of like I was ready to call the credit card company. And they of course they charge you right away. The money's out. It took like three weeks for the Sauce Gardner custom jersey to go. You mean to tell me that there's no – I mean, he's a premier player on that team. They don't they don't have those in stock. They're just going to upcharge me for a custom jersey. And then not, now it says estimated arrival February 24th. That is a whole month. It's just unacceptable. To me, that's unacceptable. You're paying so much for something. You know, okay, I know it's a first world problem. I get it, all that. I get it. But but come on, a whole entire month? And and they only carry two guys in stock so that yet you're cut you're forced to buy the 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 um the the custom jersey and then they don't ship it out for a month, but yet they take the money out for a whole entire month? Four hundred dollars gone? I just I don't know, man. It just rubs me the wrong way. But uh yeah, I've got I've refreshed all my jerseys, I think, on all the teams so far. I got a I got a new brand new judge. 
That's a whole nother story. We talked about that. Nimmo should be on its way. Got myself a Strahan, a Gardner, a Danico. The Lundquist won last year. I, I think I'm good. I mean, I'm thinking maybe maybe a white Rick DiPietro one. I was, I'm eyeing up a white uh, Messier one, too. Jerseys are my thing, though. I love them. Always have. I got to just, you know, recharge the bank account first. <laughs> there's always there's always a downfall. But yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm just being too too much here. But it's just it bothers me. If it's custom, it should be done and should be shipped. That's it. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. John in my neck of the woods, Bergen County. John, I got to ask, what town? What town? Come on. Teaneck. Teaneck. Okay, I'm from Dumont, right down the road. Beautiful. How's it going? Oh, it's going so good. I told it- I totally agree that, you know, if the net, if, if Kyrie stays, they have a chance to win a title this year. Yes. But I don't, but I don't think that by, by keeping them, he has an option of sitting out as his free agent. We saw this past off season. No one wanted him because of his antics. Yeah. And now if he sits out the rest of the season, he's killing his value. Everyone's going to say, how can we sign him long-term? He might pull this stick if something comes up. Yeah. I, I His did, whole value right now yeah. is that he's playing ball and nothing else. Right. I thought so of that too. Him, yep. Right. I know. I, I did but, think about that as well. Like he he would he he should be motivated right to, to play out the rest of the season. What, that, right. Exactly you would think. What's wrong with the guy? Right. Yeah. You, I mean, you play can't you out. can't rationalize crazy, John. I, I actually think that if they keep him, they. I, I think people are willing, and uh, you know, sometimes you hear this on NBA radio with Galbrangi uh, and Isola, that people will be willing to sign the guy for one year, six, fifty or sixty million. He doesn't. But they want don't to do want that. him for. They, but I'm saying they don't want him for three for three years right. eight, for that type of thing. Right. So I think that's the type of offer that he's probably going to get on the market anyway. I think if the Nets keep him, they have a chance to sign him for the one or two year deal going forward. Again, I don't think he's going to get the five year deal from anyone. They might maybe get three years. But everyone knows he's he, on a flick. He's a flick. He might sit out. Right? He's doing it right now. He's like, yeah. people want him, but if he sits out, he's that flake that no one wanted this past year. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, right, I get so it. But then, but then, John, here's the thing. Like, all right. So, so uh, that I did think about that. Yes, I did. And then I'm like, all right, well, they're obviously, he's not playing because just in case they do trade him, they don't want him to get hurt. You think he's going to be, he's going to be like the rest of them, protecting himself. He's gonna have oh my toenail hurts or oh my 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 nose hair hurts. I got to sit out. Like he's oh, he's played in fifty. I'm rounding in now, but he's only played in fifty percent of the games as it is for this team. So right. it's gonna be much of the same. Just right, but in, saying, in an interest there, there of him teams, to protect himself and his own value moving forward. So there are teams that want him, like the Lakers, because they need to fill that salary spot. Yeah, they don't trade for a guy. They they can't sign a guy. Their salary cap's killed. They got nothing. Yeah. Right. When Westbrook's done, they can't. Their 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 budget, their roster, their salaries are so maxed out that they can't sign anyone anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for them, it's like we might as well go on, go on, go on for for Irving. Right. I can't imagine Mavericks messing things up with Kyrie or that those things going through those teams. Right. What, the Clippers are going to sign another guy to sit on the bench all year. <laughs> yeah. No. I I know. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Suns are intriguing. The Suns are an intriguing kind of. They got a lot of young guys. It's the truth. Yeah, that I think that's going to be the move if they end up doing it. If they do, then I, I can't. I, I think the best move for him and everyone is really just to stay on the Nets. Even the Suns, you know. I think I think he's too much. He's too toxic. I'll be honest. I 
I don't know if I'd want him, but I think he's great. He's doing well in the Nets this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's had a great stretch. It's been 20 games. Yeah. He's like on fire, you know, especially in the absence of Durant. He really stepped it up. Yeah. And we're talking on the Nets on here. We're like, you know what? You know, maybe, maybe he's maybe he's matured over the past, I don't know, month. You know, it's like, I don't know. How I, I don't know. are you if you're Durant? <laughs> What's that? How pissed are you if you're Durant? Uh, you know what, though? You know what? <laughs> He knew what he was getting himself into. Like, it's not the first time Kyrie Irving has done something like this. I don't feel bad for Kevin Durant at all. I really don't. And we say he knew what he was getting into. I don't. I think if he can, if he knew what he was getting into, I don't think he would have done it. Oh my God! <laughs> what do you mean? The Boston was still burning when they linked up when they texted each other. Boston oh, was still on was fire. His buddy, it was his buddy. Oh. Like he's not going to do it to me. And like, yeah. it's like when you get in business with your friend who's 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 out of control. Yeah, he's still out of control, even though he's your friend. Yeah. Well, then you know what though? Yeah. That, that, then this is tarnishing the legacy of Kevin Durant moving forward. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Anyway, have a great night. Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, if you're Kevin Durant, first of all, you knew what you were getting yourself into. Don't you can't tell me that you didn't know, right? Yeah, maybe you thought, oh, he's my friend. He won't do it to me. Those narcissists don't care who you are, what your relationship is. They don't. They just do it. And Boston was still burning when they when they linked up, and and, and Cleveland and all these towns and cities. He, it's like he's torching them. He, he's leaving them like what's that Sherman right in Atlanta, right in history, like American history, like Sherman set fire to Atlanta, whatever, right? I'm going all the way back to like AP history in, in class, but I think that's right. Last name is Sherman, but anyway, that's that's Kyrie Irving. He's leaving every one of these cities that he's played in in, in shambles, burning down to the ground. And you're, you're Kevin Durant, and you're like, oh, this is a good idea. Let me link up with him. Smartest guy in this whole equation, James Harden. He got himself out of it. Mike in West Long Branch, you're up on a fan. Hey, how's it going? Good, Big how fan are you? Of the show. Thank good. you. Good. I agree with everything you said on Kyrie. You know, it's a big example for younger players coming in. It's not all about the talent. You have to be someone that people want to play with. Yeah. And that's really a big part about it. You know, he's putting up ridiculous numbers. Everyone knows he's the be- one of the best guards in the league. Sure. But at the end of the day, if you're not someone that people want to be around, then what worth are you? That's, that's a great point. That's a great point. But but then you've got LeBron James trying to recruit him to, to, to L.A. publicly on Twitter, on in press conferences. So, I mean, there is at least one person that wants to play with him. Right, so I think people are quick to forget. You know, you, you everyone tries to measure out the good with the bad. They know they're going to get a lot of baggage with Kyrie, but at the end of the day, is it worth it? He's a superstar. Yep. So people weigh their odds, but in my opinion, he's not worth it because you can't run a good locker room with a guy who nothing's good enough for him. I think we all forgot about the videos that came out when he was at a birthday party during COVID. Of course, with no mask, yeah. indoors, the whole with, thing. I didn't forget. Yeah. I, that was in my open. I didn't forget about that. Right, and look how quick the talent covers that all up. So it's a big lesson for everyone coming into the league and players currently. At the end of the day, you have to be there for your team. And team is everything in sports. So I, I like every point you made. I'm a big fan of the show, and I thank you for taking the time. Yeah, Mike, thanks for taking the time to pick up the call. Uh, pick up the phone and call. Yeah, there is no I in team, right? But there's a me. I get it. That's 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 what, like, you know when you say there's no I in team, and then somebody always says, well, there's me. That's Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is that guy or that kid in school who says, well, there's a me. That Those are the, guy, those are the ones you have to watch out for. 
those are the ones. The last time a single player won an NBA championship, oh, let me think, yet yeah, never, never. So it's it's amazing to me that that there would be a team out there willing to, like you said, put all the drama aside for the three cities that he's been in so far and use him to try to get to a championship. Now, if if the Nets aren't blown away by anything, and, and if the guy wasn't so, so flighty, so flaky, I'm keeping him on that team, and I'm saying no. I'm not. I'm not moving you. You're going to help us win a championship, and then you can go threaten free agency. Go for it. Go do better. Go find better, and then let me know what you find because you're not going to get any better than what we're offering you. I mean, but since he is so flaky, you don't know if the guy's going to sit out every single game from now from 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 Thursday. Well, I guess including tonight and moving forward, but I guess from the trade deadline Thursday through the end of the season, he might. And you can't risk not getting nothing for him. That's the problem. And even if you ask him, I, I, I wouldn't trust him at his word. You know, do you plan on playing the rest of the season? He says, yeah, okay. And then it's post a new link of whatever on Twitter. Go to some birthday party when you're not allowed to be, you know, whatever. The NBA did an investigation into that the whole scenario. So it's it's just one thing after another. And when he's playing basketball, when it's all harmonious, it's great. But unfortunately, 50% of the time, it hasn't been that. I'd love to transition to some baseball if we could. Um, and we'll continue with the Kyrie Irving calls as well. But I, I was kind of wondering, and maybe I'll put the uh, up, up. We got a tweet here. It's General William... Texas Sherman. Yeah, there it is. I got it. General Sherman. March through Georgia. Yes. Thanks, Mr. Markert. <laughs> I got that. Yes. Thank you for confirming that. Nellie Stundle on Twitter at Coach MCCARTAN. I'm going to put a poll up uh, on Twitter. And I want to ask you, because the Mets pitchers and catchers report in 10 days. And, I, you know, it's it's a balmy 25 degrees going up to 46. It's basically some summer weather around here now. With DeGrom gone, who starts opening day for the New York Mets? Is it Max Scherzer or is it Justin Verlander? And for me, it's got to be Scherzer. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call in. And if you can't call in for whatever reason, I'll get a poll right now going over on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N and get your vote in there. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till one here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The ball game is over and Shea Stadium will close its doors for the final time this afternoon. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. with you till one here on on WFAN Radio, New York City. Uh, Pete Hoffman comes your way then, and, and I'm sure he'll explain to you a little bit later, but on that break... Uh, he brought his fire stick. He plans to watch the UFC fights. And there's an extension cord here in the studio, a brown one that goes from the wall into like this little apparatus where you have your, you know, your laptop charged, you're charging, your phone charging if you'd like. And I don't know, you know, it, it was perfectly 
just long enough that the extension cord met the cord from the fire stick, and it's like, don't breathe, don't move, or else it's going to fall out. But uh, Pete left here just a little while ago, very happy. I'm sure uh, he's going to have a, you know, a happy show because he got, he can watch his fights while while he does it. So that that's that was that we couldn't have measured that any better. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It is, it's how I did my Christmas lights actually outside. There, I had the deer. I had, a, I had a, a, a male deer with the antlers and everything, and it was like probably could have used a longer extension cord, but I didn't have one, and I just made it work, and it ended up breaking. But well, whatever. I just buy another. It's all right. But it works while it while it did its purpose, in other words. Um, but let me go ahead and check over on Twitter with the results. If you at Coach MCCARTN, I love like the instant. I don't put polls up for 24 hours. I think that's like ridiculous. Like 24 hours now from now, like I don't even. You know what I mean? What what was I doing 24 hours ago? I don't know. So I've got. Uh, let's see. My question was with the Grom gone. Who starts opening day for the New York Mets? And I put like 20 minutes on it, which I think it's a perfect time. It's like a perfect segment time. And um, obviously two choices. I mean, the Mets are in a luxury where they have one A and one B, and they could pick either of the two of them. So is it Verlander that's going to be starting for the Mets on opening day? Uh, and I should probably specify home opener. Uh, is it Verlander or is it Scherzer? As it stands right now with 12 minutes left, six, I'm going to round these, 67% of the voters vote Scherzer. And, and that's where I'm at, too. And, you know, Obviously, the Mets are reporting to, the pitchers and catchers at least, reporting the Port St. Lucie in, well, now I guess it's technically nine days, right? Um, the temperatures are on here on the uptick. They're up to 26 degrees, going up to 46. I mean, it's, it's, it's balmy out there, really. And... Down in Florida, even more, even more so, right? But but Mets fans, they're they're finally going to get a glimpse of Verlander in a full Mets uniform in the flesh. And again, they again they've got a great problem to have. Which ace are the Mets going to throw on opening day? You got two options: option A, the incumbent Max Scherzer, who was just last year's shiny new toy, or Option B, is it Justin Verlander, who was, you know, for this past season, a unanimous selection for the Cy Young Award winner, and this year's shiny new toy? Great problem to have for the New York Mets. Yankees don't really have that problem, in my opinion. We could talk more about, I'll be back tomorrow from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., I wanted to kind of forego a lot of this Kyrie Irving stuff unless there's another breaking news, unless he gets traded, whatever. But I kind of wanted to talk some baseball, pitching in particular. But right now, who are you starting on, on, on the home opener? Opening day, you know, it doesn't have the same zing as, like, home opener. You know, there's a list of, of three guys talking about history, you know. And, um, and, and Sus, uh, we talked on the break, he said, I think the phrase you were looking for was going scorched earth. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yes. For Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I was thinking, like, you're stre- you were stretching a little bit because I knew you were thinking of something that involved <laughs> just, like, annihilation. Yes. Destruction, um, leaving nothing 
nothing behind. And I was just, I think you're definitely thinking Scorched Earth, yep, but you, I think you were also thinking of some other, another reference in American history that... Sherman, General Sherman, I got it. I was thinking more just the general strategy of Scorched Earth. Yes, I, that's that's exactly what I was also thinking. Yep. You, you, see see what happens? You've got the telepathy going. But you know the list of guys that, that have won three Cy Young Awards, it's short. In the history of the game of baseball, 11. 11 guys have won three Cy Young Awards. Seven of them are in the Hall of Fame already. Johnson, Carlton, Maddox, Koufax, Martinez, Palmer, Sevier. Two of the 11 are still active. Well, I guess two of the remaining, what, four are still active or whatever. Two, two of the 11 are on the Mets roster now. Like, does Buck Showalter just take a dart and he has a picture of uh, Verlander on the wall and he's got a picture of Scherzer on the wall? And does he just close his eyes and take the dart and, and whichever one it lands on, that's who gets the nod? I mean, either way, it's going to land on a guy with... How many Cy Youngs on his name? I mean, come on. The Mets can't go wrong either way. But for me, I'm picking the guy who's been there at least for a little while longer. I'm picking the incumbent, Max Scherzer. And I've got more votes on Twitter now, and it's still coming out Scherzer. It's actually gone up a tick. 66% of voters are picking Scherzer. At Gus Maker 1 says, can't go wrong either way. Exactly. And remember, the Mets play its seven road games before their home opener on Thursday, April 6th. Imagine if the home opener lines up to be like David Peterson. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. 877-337-6666. Jack in Brooklyn. You're up here in Manhattan on the fan. Jack. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Danielle, I got to tell you, I love the show. Thank you. You know, I think you should get a job, a full-time job on the fan. Thank you. I don't know why you're still, you know, only once in a while. But let me tell you, they got to get, they got to get, uh, they got to get uh, Randall's ass off the team before, before he starts sucking it up. Because, you know, this is when his value is at the highest. And it's only going to go down from here. You know, Brunson had a real good game today. It's a great signing, but I think, you know, you got to get Randall off the team before he starts sucking it up. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, you know, and, and Randall's a curious case of Julius Randall, right? It's like, all right, if he's good. I mean, the team is usually good when he's good. It, it, the team kind of goes as he goes. So, okay, so if you're if he's playing well, you're, you're more apt to keep him, right? Or is it this barrage of, like, he's playing well for now, and then he's going to crumble again, and then and then and then you're you've lost out on a chance to trade him at his highest value. I mean, the the, the Knicks have been through this before. They held on to him. So listen, I don't know yeah, when he when he's at his when, he, when when the game is big, when the moment is big, you can count on him to miss that big shot. And, yeah, and I, we got to get that that fat ass off the team. You know what I'm saying? Well. uh... I let it go once. I, I think the word "ass" is okay, but uh, in in context. I'm not sure it's it's you know what he just said was was allowable. So let's just be safe. We're rule followers here. We'll just dump that. But uh, point well taken, of course, definitely. Um, but it's the it's like the curious case of Julius Randle. You know, he, he's 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 playing well, playing really well. Or do you, do you t- try to trade him at, at his 
peak value here and get some stuff back for him. I don't know. It does feel like he he and RJ are very volatile. Like on a night to night basis, like yes. they'll they'll look like like Randall will look like a superstar. Yeah. And then in other nights, he just makes a very boneheaded play. And then like RJ, it's like I don't know what they're doing with RJ. Do you know what they're doing with RJ Barrett? I, I wish. I, I, I honestly, I have no clue what they they think of him because I I feel like they could do so much if they maximize everything that RJ's great at. They would be in a much better much better shape. But I don't know if that if the Knicks know what to do with him. Do you what? How do you feel about RJ? Which is also confusing too because he was bent. He was just benched right the past week. He was benched. But they, they weren't going to include him in a trade package that brought Donovan Mitchell in how many months ago? Which, for the record, I, I still stand by the fact that, like, for them, I think it was a smart smarter move. Like, why? everyone says that, oh, we could have gotten Donovan Mitchell. It's like, really? Do you really expect him to have what what's going on with him now in Cleveland? Like, look at the situation in Cleveland and look at the situation in New York. Yeah. Look who's surrounded, surrounding him. He has two amazing bigs in Mobley and Allen who basically protect him. Yeah. Right? He has an excellent like partner in Darius Garland in his in the backcourt and the Cavs are vibing right now. And do you think that this going to look, there's definitely a possibility that he could succeed in New York, but I just think he had a much better much better rate of success going to Cleveland and and doing what he's doing right now. I'm just saying like, well, the question was, what kind of value did they? How do they see Barrett? Well, well they weren't going to include him in a deal for for that for for you know what I mean. So he was worth a lot then. Now they're benching him. I mean, I, I don't know if they have a plan. It's just it's a whole identity crisis kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like they just don't know what to do with him. Yep. I, and I feel awful for for him because like I I love him. I I hope to God that like he's able to prove reach his potential and and be up there with. With guys like John Zion, part of his draft class, and just one more thing, like the most steady presence. It's actually amazing to me the most steady presence on the Knicks right now, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, we yeah that, that stat line I heard in that update at the top of the hour. I was yeah. like, yep. again, yep. Who would have thought the Mavs are missing him? Right, and it's just the entire inconsistency of, of with these players, like this RJ Barrett, and they're just inconsistent. And R.J. Barrett talks about Julius Randle being named an all-star. He said, I didn't know they announced it, but it was cool. <laughs> okay. You know, February 2nd, he's putting up 30 points against the Heat. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just I, I, I'm just trying to figure out, I'm just trying to figure it out. And, and I just can't. So it's just, I don't know. And, and. I saw a quote, I don't even want to say because I don't know if it was true. It wasn't reported by a, 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 a reliable source, so I won't say it here on the air. But here's this, you know, here's a quote. We're talking about R.J. Barrett being benched versus the Lakers. Just, you know, to close out the game on Tuesday night. Tom Thibodeau says, quote, we know he's a critical part of our team. We need him to play well, but we're always going to put the team first. We thought the group that was out there gave us the best shot. Okay. And then you should see the uh the, the responses on, on 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 that post. It's like fire tibs, fire tibs, fire tibs. 
hold Randall to the same standard then. I mean, it's it's just the inconsistencies is, is kind of crazy. It's kind of nuts. You know? So Brunson, though, has been, as you said, has been an absolute, I, I want to say the word stud. Brunson's been the stud for the Knicks moving forward. And and right on cue, trending on Twitter, Clippers at Knicks, R.J. Barrett, Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> pick your poison here, everybody. Let's click on R.J. Barrett and see what's up. What are the people talking about? Latest tweets, R.J. Barrett. That's oh, a bunch of junk. I don't know why he's even trending now. <laughs> Cards and everything. So um, we'll recap the night. We'll talk uh, Kyrie Irving if you like. Um, fine, I'm good with that. We'll talk Knicks, Nets, whatever. Um, and the, the the results of the poll that I post up on Twitter, we still got uh, some time left. You got a minute left to get your vote in. Who should be the starter for the Mets on opening day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and we also talked about Derek Carr, the precision passer, and how that was personal. It felt personal uh, on, on the performance he put up on the skills competition. And uh, within... I don't know, 12 hours from now, we got the the flag football skills showdown in the Pro Bowl games, and uh, I've got a very special guest reveal for tomorrow's show. So lots to do in the last segment here, 877-337-6666. That's the number to get aboard. It's your last chance. My name is Daniel McCartan, with you till 1 here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. WFAN, my name is Danielle McCartan with you for another little bit, a little 15 minutes or so, where uh, Pete Hoffman will come your way, coming uh, starting at 1 a.m. And the poll has officially closed just now, literally just now. With DeGrom gone, who starts opening day for the New York Mets? The winner is... Yeah, 64% of people are uh, picking Scherzer. Yeah, that's the right move. You go with the incumbent over over the new guy, the shiny new toy. But it's a good spot to be in if you're the Mets. Come on. It's like 1A, 1B. Yankees don't have that. Yankees have Garrett Cole. And I'm not too optimistic for Rodon, but hey, prove me wrong, right? And uh, a lot of talk tonight about Kyrie Irving. And you know what? I mean... I, a couple of songs in the open. I I, I quoted Eminem without me, you know, because it's like it feels so empty without me. We need a little controversy. It's just always something with him, right? And and as long as he's being discussed, it seems like he's happy. And Eminem said that in the same song. Everybody only wants to discuss me, so this must mean I'm disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. It is. It's disgusting how this player in his own minds love being discussed at any cost and believes that he has earned. This is the crazy part. He's believed he has earned a multi-year max extension. Like, you've played in 50% of the games for the Brooklyn Nets in your time here. Like, there's always an excuse as to why you can't see the floor. You really think... Any team is going to offer you that? You're a flight risk. You're flighty. You're a flake. And and you really think the grass is going to be greener somewhere else? Come on, man. 
Jackson, New Jersey. Steve, you're up on the fan in New York. Yeah, what's up, Danielle? I love your show. Thank you. I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I'm a big Brooklyn Nets fan. Been, been a fan of them for years. I'm kind of fed up with Kyrie Irving. Like, listen, I like the way he plays, but like, when it comes to like, yes, he, he becomes way too narcissistic on the floor. He starts shooting too much. Yeah. I feel like we got to tell. If I was the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, I would tell. Like, listen, Kyrie. We gotta. You have other players on the court. You have Utah Watanabe. You have O'Neal and Claxton. We gotta start making it more of like a spread around game. And he's just feeling like, oh man, I'm the whole team. And now I gotta just. Now that we're not doing good, I just gotta go to another team. We gotta move on. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, this is a big problem. And 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 the problem is, not only does he just go to another team and then leave peacefully. I mean, he. As Sus said, he goes scorched earth on every city that he leaves. It, it's it's like maddening. It burns yeah, it to the ground. Big, yeah, no, it's a big it's a big problem. But I feel no, meaning me as a Brooklyn that like when I'm watching him, I don't like him. But when I see him score, okay, I enjoy the game because yeah. he's scoring and he's winning the team, winning one of the games. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we got to just work the way. It's not it's not really right for 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 for, for the Brooklyn Nets fans. We got to try to get him to stay on the team and just be more of a all-around player for them. Like, even when you watch the games with him, he looks like he's just, like, he's just blind for the other players, and he's just shooting those shots like like there's no tomorrow. You know what the problem is with that, Steve? And and I'm with you. Like, I am, like, no, you're not going to force your way out of here. You're just not. But the problem with that is, okay, so you force him to stay on the team. What's the guarantee that he's going to he's gonna stay out there? There's no guarantee he's going to stay there. That that's definitely true, Daniel. But but like looking at it from a from a year to year, we got to just keep. I feel like for now the Nets need him on the team, but we got to more like I don't know what the word is, but we got to more like keep him keep him calm on the team for for the season, and we we keep him more of a game plan to spread around around the court, passing to other players, doing good plays, and then maybe after that he'll like it. Listen, maybe he's just he's just trying to he's just trying to look for himself, like he's trying to find himself. And if the Brooklyn Nets coach could find him, could find Kyrie and say, "Oh, listen, Kyrie, this is where you are. Maybe he'll enjoy it. And he'll stay on the team. And he'll be like a good all-around player." Yeah, you would think. You would think you'd buy in, but the guy hasn't bought in in how many years he's been here. He has not bought into a single thing this this, this team has has put out for him. Really? Yeah. yeah. Listen, but we we, we got we got to keep the guys on the, the guy. This Kyrie guy, he's on the team. We know he's not. He's never going to change. But but listen, at the end of the day, he plays good basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to just look at the basketball version of it, and out of all the other things that he does, and well, just keep well, him they, around it, to the basketball part, and just get him as a good player. But Steve, the problem is when they start to intersect. You know, the the personal stuff intersects with the basketball, and then he's not on the court. That's the problem. Danielle, I I hear what you're saying, but like, we get. I don't. I don't. I don't know. The best bet, Steve, and thanks for the call there. The best bet, cut bait, let him go. That's the best bet. You, you get let him go to, as long as you're not being robbed, right? You, you Cut bait, you let him go to the best possible offer that you get, no matter who it's from. Who cares? Of course, you prefer him in, in out of the Eastern Conference, of course. But at this point, really? Oh, I got to give, uh, I got to give the clues for my guest for tomorrow. Uh, should we do it now? All right, let's do it. I've got it because I want Sparky to guess it because I think he's going to get it. 
I've got a great guest lined up for tomorrow. I'm on from 6 to 10. I, someone just tweeted me and said, I'm, the, the website says 6 to 7. No, no, no. It's a four-hour show tomorrow. So the clues I gave on Twitter were, I, I do a, like emoji clues. So my first one was two rings. I gave that clue. The next one was a football, just to get you to guess you know, what sport. Suss, you want to guess? Do you know it? Do you know the answer? No, I didn't tell you. I don't think. I think I have a good feeling on who the which what which team this person was on, though. I will say that. All right. So I gave a together blue hashtag, which is the Giants. And I gave an Italian flag and an America USA flag. Okay, now I'm completely lost. <laughs> so I said to the people on Twitter, happy guessing. That's that's my guess for tomorrow. I've got a couple right answers. A lot of wrong ones. You want to make a? You want to put a guess in, or else I'm going to go to Sparky. Let him guess. Um, two rings, two Super Bowl rings. Is this person? If this guy uh, an offensive lineman? He is not. Uh, yeah, again, I'm completely lost. <laughs> All right, let's go to Dobbs Ferry, Sparky. Who is it? Who's the special guest for tomorrow's show? Coach, you know what? I'm, I haven't even thought about it right yet. Oh. I, I missed most of the show early. Unfortunately. All right. Well, let me just tell the people then. Tomorrow, the special guest on my show, Mark Bavaro. Wow. So if you're a Giant fan, you better be tuned in tomorrow. Locked it in. Wow. No, I I hate bringing up Kyrie Irving, but you know what, Coach? The people that fall for Kyrie Irving, it's the Nets organization. Okay? Because this guy didn't all of a sudden become a loose cannon. He's been like that his whole career. And what would make them think he could change? I mean, Go. yeah, I mean, listen, when when you talk about an organizational failure, I mean, how many outs did they give him after all of these things? I mean, first of all, they put their foot down. They said, okay, he, he's not vaccinated. He's not going to play. And then it was like, oh, well, well, you know, we kind of need him, so we'll bend the rules. We'll go back on what we said. I mean, they've enabled him at every step of the way. I mean, Coach, maybe I'm imagining things, but on your job, doesn't the boss have the right to ask you what or tell you what you should be doing? Uh, I mean, yeah, you get and I get performance evaluations. Yeah, I get everything. I mean, now back now on baseball, what Rob Manfred's doing with the scheduling is really disappointing. You have to play everybody. He's taken away the importance of a division rivalry. I kind of like it. I, I have to be honest. I kind of really? like it. You want to know why? Because for selfish reasons, I would love to go to all of the stadiums. And if I can see either the Yankees or the Mets play anywhere, you know what I mean? I, I, I like it so, for that reason. You know what? what? I was thinking that you would like it for the exact reason you just mentioned. Because like you said, that what you've been to like about 22 stadiums about? I think it's 20, yeah. I think you would. I think you'd catch the ones that you haven't been at this season, if if things worked out. And I, and I would get to see one of our two teams playing there. Yeah, that, that's why I like that. I mean, the only place I've been outside of New York to see the Yankees is at Camden Yards. Yeah, and I've done that. That was fun. That place to me, to me, or well, I remember too. It's just like going years ago, going to. There was a, a restaurant down by the harbor, a place called Max's, Max's Wharf. 
and they had the best flounder I ever ate. <laughs> now, and um, now, as far as the Mets go, Scherzer, yeah. to me, would be the right guy because, you know what, you want to get him to pitch as much early in the season because later in the year, his durability, you could really question yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for the both of them, right? They're both older pitchers, and and yeah. you want them fresh for the, for the run that you're expected to make, of course. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But um, yeah. it's just the excitement factor of opening day, opening, you know, the opening series, home opener, oh, yeah, all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, as far as one thing with the Yanks, I like the fact that Cashman put his foot down with Severino. Oh yeah. That's what because, I wanted to open with tomorrow. I agree. I like that he did it, too. Because, I'm sorry, they're paying this guy good money. He's an important pitcher on a team who's had how many health issues. Yep, and, and Sparky, I'm, that is the ultimate teaser for tomorrow. The Open is going to be, let's do some baseball, right? It's 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 a balmy 26 degrees. Let's talk some baseball. And, uh, yeah, Mark Bavaro tomorrow night as well on the fan with me. So thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you over the past four hours. I love coming here and talking with you. And if you missed any portion of tonight's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature and select the starter show, which was about, what, 9 p.m. or so. Great job to Paul Rosenberg, to Susumu Araki, Sus behind the glass, Jack Stern on the updates. And I'll see you tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. for another four hours. Uh, in the meantime, you can hit my social medias, at Coach MCCARTAN, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll keep the conversation going. The Pete Hoffman up next right here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.